This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. It is the live Saturday edition, and as always, anything goes uh, if you take control of the phone lines. Also, you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All of the features you'll find there are completely free. That is, again, freetalklive.com. We're starting things out here tonight with a guest. We're going to uh, um, Brian Fleming. He is of the Rational Response Team, also director of a documentary film entitled The God Who Wasn't There, also uh, involved with BlasphemyChallenge.com. Brian, you've got a lot of uh, plates in the air. Yeah, I do, Ian. There's quite a lot to do. Well, welcome to uh, to Free Talk Live. The reason why you're on the phone tonight, I mean, your documentary, certainly we're going to touch on that, but what caught my attention was BlasphemyChallenge.com. What is it? BlasphemyChallenge.com is a site where you can go and uh, upload a video of yourself uh, committing what is called the uh, Christian uh, unforgivable sin, uh, according to Mark 3.29 in the Holy Bible. Whoever blasphemes against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven. Wait a minute. I thought uh, that... Wait a minute. Now, I used to be a Christian way back when. And I was told that you could be forgiven for anything. You just go into church and ask for forgiveness, and everything's washed away. You're telling me that's not the case? It's true up to a point. There really is just one. Jesus says there's one exception to the rule that you can be forgiven for anything. If you blaspheme the Holy Spirit, uh, you're guilty of what is called an eternal sin. You can never be forgiven for blaspheming the Holy Spirit. Now, as I understood it when I was a Christian, there was the Holy Spirit... There was God, and then there was Jesus, right? There's the, That's the, the Holy three. Trinity. That's right. So you can blaspheme Jesus and God, but not the Holy Spirit? In fact, yeah, Jesus says in another Bible verse uh, specifically that you, you can speak against the Son of Man, which was Jesus, but not against the Holy Spirit. So he specifically says exactly that, that you know, it's only the Holy Spirit uh, who will you know, damn you forever if you commit blasphemy. Well, now I'm I'm a bit of a Bible biblical scholar. I'm I'm not certainly not uh you know I don't know everything, but I know quite a bit and for one, uh, the Trinity isn't exactly outlined in the Bible. Um, you know, as to what as to how that all fits together it depends on what particular denomination you're from. But blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, I've heard defined as um and besides what you're saying, you know, talking out against the Holy Spirit. Um, I've heard it defined as um, just ignoring the call of God. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know why I've heard, uh, people explain it this way. It seems to me like blasphemy. Of the Holy Spirit would be speaking poorly against the Holy Spirit. But um, what do you have? You heard people say that to you before? Uh, yeah. What the unfortunate thing for evangelical Christians about Mark three twenty nine and uh, the other verses that lay out pretty much the same scheme is they're pretty unequivocal. Uh, but it also it it undercuts their claim that you can be forgiven for anything. It undercuts their recruiting efforts because the whole idea is, you know, anybody can come in and no matter what horrible things you've done in your life, you know, Jesus will forgive you. So what they try to do is uh, do with this verse what they do with a lot of verses in the Bible. It pretend that they don't say what they actually say, but the verse does say what it actually says. And you know, playing games like that, uh, you know, is is something that they can do if they want to. But you know, the plain reading of the text is still sitting right there now. It also seems to fly in the face of the uh, the concept, the, the much-talked-about concept, that God is a all-loving and all-caring God. Because, I mean, if that was really true, why would he sentence you to eternal damnation uh, for uttering a, f- a few words, essentially? 
Well, nobody who actually reads the Bible could ever come to the conclusion that God is a loving God. Uh, That's true. That's just the PR. That's just the PR. That's just the PR, yeah. From the beginning to end, I really encourage Christians to actually read their Bibles. Uh, It's something that I think everyone should do. We should be looking at this mythology and seeing what it says. And from the beginning to end, God is a horrible horrible person. I mean, look at the, his plan for salvation was, you know, he, he created this. He decided that what he'd have to do is send his own child down to earth to be tortured and killed, and that's how people could be saved. He decided that. So, you know, what kind of person is God? Well, I, Not to I mention don't know how drowning to, all those people know, in the flood. I don't know how to confront that precisely. Um, what, what, uh, you think that maybe there's a little bitterness here? Uh, there might be a little bitterness, although I really, I, I'm well over my, uh, you know, bitterness at, at the church. Uh, with, you know, I, I grew up a fundamentalist Christian, and you know, I got over that, you know, delusion a long time ago. That's what I want to say. Fundamentalist? Were you Pentecostal or? I, it was it's sort of a non-denominational fundamentalist school that I went to, and they, they taught, you know, this, this strict doctrine that. Did you, uh, you know, flip around on the floor? Like a fish? No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Uh, <laughs> it was, wasn't charismatic like that or, or okay. Pentecostal. No. Just, just uh, wondering. So no, that's kind of where I wanted that. to go, and we sort of, sort of stumbled into it here, is what is your history? I mean, who are you, Brian Fleming? I mean, how dare you say these things about God? You know, where do you come from? What's your uh, exact uh, history as far as the religion thing? Well, I grew up a fundamentalist Christian. I went to a, a school that uh, was fundamentalist, and it was, it was all God, all Jesus, all the time. Uh, and it took me a while after I got out of that school to kind of get over it, really going to college and kind of learning the world didn't operate the way that they said the world operated, it, it gradually dawned on me, oh, you know what, it was all, it, 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 was, it was all BS. So uh, that, that's my history. And, um, now, my um, when you say the world, the world doesn't operate the way that they told you it operated, what's that mean exactly? What, I mean, what, what sort of delusions did you feel that the uh, Christian faith filled you with that uh, aren't so? Well, there's just no evidence that, well, first off, there, there, there's very little evidence that Jesus actually existed. But in any case, even if he is this invisible friend uh, who we have all around us, uh, there, there's no evidence whatsoever that you know, he can do the things that he says he can do. There's no evidence for heaven. There's no evidence that a specific scheme that was really developed over a long period of time, that you know, accepting Jesus as your personal Savior, which is a really, relatively new idea, uh, is the way to achieve that salvation. There's just no proof for any of it. And really, I mean, we're talking about a guy who was supposed to have, you know, 2,000 years ago died, stayed dead for three days, rose up into the air above the clouds, but also he's with you right now as your personal savior. I mean, there's no evidence for any of this. Right. Anybody who's tied in with science, I think, would would have to agree on this. And I'm not the, the reason I brought you on wasn't to necessarily stir it up or to anger the Christians in our audience. And I know there there are definitely Christians in our audience, and uh, that we tend to have a very liberty-oriented uh, set of Christians. Unlike as Mark calls them, there's we we sort of define Christians um, in two different areas. There's sort of the good Christians that actually do care about other people, and then there's the Pharisees, as Mark describes them, uh, that essentially just want to shove their viewpoint down your throat uh, with the laws of the of the government. And so we've got. Diff- different uh, types of Christians. The reason I, I call them Pharisees is because if, if you read the Bible, um, Jesus came to, uh, you know, not to condemn people, but in fact to uh, free them. And, you know, he was against the people, the Pharisees that were there, you know, uh, shoving the rules down your throat, forcing you to follow the law, um, threatening you with uh, violence and persecution, um, like being stoned for the prostitute, uh, that kind of thing. And he was um, really setting people free. 
And it doesn't seem like I, I don't. I just don't hear that from Christians these days. What I what I see is a bunch of people that want to jam their laws down, um, their moral code down your throat. And if you don't, you're going to get fined and you're going to go to jail. Right. So I want to make it clear. Yeah, basically, what you're talking about is Christians who strictly adhere to the Bible and those who basically throw it out. Your interpretation of of theology is is basically throwing out the Bible, and, uh, and I, those are my favorite kinds of Christians. They're Christians in name only, really. They no, no, they don't no. I, I'm, I'm not Bible, a Christian. That's I, good. I, I, no, no, no. I'm, I I don't want to make it sound like I'm a Christian. I am knowledgeable in the area of the Bible, but um, well, you went to Christian school. I went to did. Christian school just like you did. The whole uh, the the Jesus thing uh, sticks in my craw. I can't do that. I believe there's a God. Not so much with the well, Jesus. I think thing. you're gonna like uh, Brian's film. He uh, he did a documentary. Was it last year when it came out, Brian? Yeah, it came out last year. It's called The God Who Wasn't There, and I believe the, the website for that particular uh, movie is thegodmovie.com? Yes, thegodmovie.com. Right, so in, fa- in fact, uh, it's a little on the scholarly side, but I think that just is simply a reflection of how much you know about this topic and how well-educated you are, Brian. And uh, I thought it was very well put together. I had the opportunity to see it earlier this year. And uh, you make a compelling case, essentially arguing that, uh, that Jesus is basically a myth, right? Yeah, there's there's really very little evidence that Jesus actually existed, and there really isn't another documentary that kind of lays out this evidence. And that's kind of the value, I think, of the documentary, is you can actually find out this theory that is, is rarely voiced by, by anyone, out of, basically out of fear. And that, and that is that you know, Jesus didn't exist. He was made up, and all of these historical attributes that you know, we call the story of Jesus were really added over a very long period of time. My favorite you know, part of your movie had to be when you, uh, you confronted the, uh, the headmaster of the school that you went to, uh, the Christian school. I'm going to come back. If you can hang on, Brian, we're going to bring you back for some more. Hang on. 800-259-9231. If you've got a question for Brian Fleming, he is the director of The God Who Wasn't There. Also behind BlasphemyChallenge.com, which we're going to explore that more coming up. This is your show, Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is the live Saturday edition, and you can take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's the packet eight toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there. We've got archives, an entire year's worth of the show right there, front page of the website for your downloading convenience at freetalklive.com. And get registered now for the New Hampshire Liberty Forum, February 23rd through the 25th. Meet libertarian superstars like John Stossel, Michael Badnarik, and many more. The most influential libertarians in America will be there. That's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Again, freestateproject.org slash Liberty Forum as we go back to the phones. Uh, Brian Fleming is on the line from the Rational Response Team, BlasphemyChallenge.com, also the director of the documentary film The God Who Wasn't There. Now, Brian, the reason, again, I brought you on the show was to talk about BlasphemyChallenge.com. And I want to make it clear, I didn't bring you on to throw my atheism in the face of the listeners. I'm not that kind of an, I'm not that kind of an atheist. I don't think that's true. I think you are exactly no, that kind I, of atheist. I'm going to, no, I'm not. <laughs> I, I don't care if you are religious. If you're religious, it's your business. There's this kind of this new breed of atheists out there that uh, essentially wants to rescue all of the religious people from their religion. And I feel like uh, I wanted to get away from religion because of proselytizing. So I'm one of, the, you know, I'm one of those atheists that's just an atheist, and it's my business, and I you know, basically keep it to myself unless provoked or unless asked. And the reason I brought you on was because I think that one of the important things about uh, – one of the things I'd like to see – is more atheists essentially coming out of the closet, not necessarily throwing it in anybody's face or trying to recruit anyone, but to just simply let uh, the people in America know, who are 
for the most part, very, very religious, to let the people in America know that we aren't as small a minority as they thought that we were. And that's why I think the Blasphemy Challenge is so useful. Because at BlasphemyChallenge.com, you're essentially asking people to uh, videotape themselves, uh, essentially blaspheming the Holy Spirit, thereby essentially eternally damning themselves to uh, fire and brimstone. Do I have that right so far, Brian? Yeah, you have that right. That's what it's all about. And what I think is the neatest part is because it's a video, you can see that these people who are blaspheming the Holy Spirit are essentially your friends, your family members, regular people who are non-believers. They are atheists. And I just think it's really important because you're giving people like the courage, you're sort of giving them a, a little bit of courage, giving them a reason to essentially come out of the closet as an atheist. And uh, that's that's kind of why I had you on, because I think it's encouraging to other atheists out there who a lot of them are just sort of hiding. You know, they're they're scared of what other people might think. Do you encounter that a lot? Yeah. You know, the thing about atheism is it's it's really not an ideology. So it, it's very uh, unusual for somebody to step into the street to support their atheism. Atheism is simply a lack of belief. It's a, an ideology in the same way that, say, baldness would be a hair color. That's right. Everyone's born an atheist. Oh, God. Exactly. You know, I do not believe this crap for a second. Why not? Atheists hold on to their faith like no one you would ever believe. You don't you have talk, faith as an atheist. Absolutely you do. You have to believe that the universe was created somehow, so you're required to believe in um No, evolution. I don't have to believe anything about the universe. You have it some, is. You're right. Have you heard the expression, I don't know? Yes, I get the expression, I don't know. But I don't you know, know where the universe came from. <laughs> I don't have faith about any particular you have a, story. You, you have a belief as to where the universe came from. And you just said he didn't. No, if, I said I don't know. Oh, my God. I don't don't believe this for a second. I talk to you. You, know, you Ian. think I know? You think that I think I know where the universe came from? I think that you speculate. I have no idea where the universe came As from. As I've said, and I agree with you, it's Brian. It's a cosmic question. I think it's unanswerable. But one thing I do know, I will express confidence about this. It didn't. It wasn't brought into existence six thousand years ago, according to the plan laid out in the Book of Genesis. Yeah, I, I would. Do. I would totally concur with you on that. You're certainly not going to get into a dispute <laughs> with me on that one. So you I, have faith. I, I have faith as to what. Uh, that the book of Genesis is false. I yeah, I, I don't have faith. I can do math, and uh, and Noah can't. I thought I thought that was faith. I thought that if you believe something, it had to be faith. I think you can. I can. I think you can show with simple math that Noah did not build a boat that was uh, three football fields long, five stories tall, float around in it for a year with uh, two of ev- two of every and at least two of every and seven of some animals on the planet. Um, it just well, doesn't make hey, any if that's, sense. If that's your faith, clearly it's as irrational <laughs> as believing the opposite. No, but hey, if that's what you want to believe. I can point to you very clearly some things that where evolution doesn't exactly but work But he's not on well. here arg- arguing he's for not. evolution. But what I'm telling you is that oh, atheists... No, I do believe in evolution, but it doesn't have anything... That doesn't have anything to do with where the universe came from. Evolution answers uh, the question of how did the species develop here on this planet. And, uh, understood. And, and, I do and, and there's some questions I have regarding that, and, and I've never seen any want to hold on to a, a theory the way atheists hold on to evolution? Uh, well, you, you, I think you're talking about two different things. Uh, you know, a biologist who believes in evolution uh, isn't necessarily uh, making any speculation whatsoever about a god. I mean, what he is doing is saying, well, it, it didn't happen the way the book of Genesis says, because evolution obviously does contradict that. You know, the species didn't all of a sudden appear out of nowhere the way that Genesis says they did. But, you know, that's really the only statement that evolution can be considered to make about religion. All right. 
Enough of that. Let's get back to BlasphemyChallenge.com. This actually started a matter of days ago. Am I correct about that? Uh, it did. It was officially launched um, about uh, two days ago, yeah. And all of a sudden, I mean, it's, it's, it's just spread, it seems to me, uh, pr- fairly quickly. You've gotten some coverage on a few television stations already. Uh, there's people's uh, hundreds of videos at this point have been submitted to YouTube. Uh, in fact, it, this is turning into a, 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 a phenomenon almost. It is. It's, it's becoming quite viral. There's, uh, uh, I think, almost 200, maybe more by now, uh, videos that have already been uploaded. And uh, it's, it's spreading as, as people start sharing those videos all over, all over YouTube. YouTube's been extremely useful uh, in making this happen. Uh, the, the social networking that's there has, has really increased the viralness of it uh, quite a bit. Well, of course, since uh, it's all thanks to uh, the Internet, which is helping bring people together, uh, people of all different sorts of interests, and in this case we're talking about atheists, uh, Brian, but we're, we're talking about um, bringing people together who never normally would have known um, that each other were, per se, atheists without having gotten to know one another over a long period of time and then essentially sort of hinting at it and then sort of co- carefully coming out of the closet. Now we've just got the Internet and dropping all those barriers and allowing people to come together. And uh, it's it's really just turning into some very, uh, allowing some very interesting things to happen, including BlasphemyChallenge.com. Now, and, oh, by the way, if you do take the Blasphemy Challenge, you're offering a little prize up, aren't you? Yeah, you can get a free DVD of The God Who Wasn't There. Normally sells for twenty four ninety eight, and uh, you can get it for free if you uh, commit blasphemy. <laughs> now, Brian, I got I to gotta wonder, why? I mean, what's the purpose of BlasphemyChallenge.com to you? Well, the, the purpose overall is to provoke a conversation. I, I don't think, you know, mostly what atheists want to do when they, they try to get their message out like this, mm-hmm. is what they want to do is have a conversation about religion that takes place on the same playing field that any other conversation about any other topic would take place on. And that is, one side makes a claim, and then we talk about, does this claim make sense or doesn't it? Religion, we usually completely exclude from that process. And here what we're doing is saying, you know what, Christianity makes a claim that if you deny the Holy Spirit, you're going to hell forever. Let's talk about that. And uh, obviously what the videos are doing are demonstrating that many people out there think this is completely false. If Christians would like to explain in a logical way why it's true, you know, we welcome uh, them to do that. Why it's true that you're going to go to hell for blaspheming the Holy Spirit? Yes, yeah, demonstrate the existence of hell and demonstrate exactly why, and demonstrate the existence of the Holy Spirit and then demonstrate why insulting that Holy Spirit will send you to that place called yeah, I'd hell. Like I mean, for Christian... welcome, we welcome them to do, to right. do that. And I welcome them to do it at 800-259-9231. we got a call hanging on for you. We're going to bring you back, Brian, if you can hang on. 1-800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves, toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line for you. For all your voiceover IP needs, packet8.net. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy the Shrine of Female listeners we've got there. Dozens of ladies who've sent us their validated photo, thereby proving that they listen to the show. Uh, once again, you can uh, go visit them at shrine.freetalklive.com. And ladies, if you want to add yourself to it, uh, all the instructions are there. Shrine.freetalklive.com. Does your company have a bunch of unpaid receivables just sitting out there? Try SACL CAI. They do collection in a whole new way. 
SACL knows the way to treat your customer, the way that they treat your customer reflects on you. They record every customer interaction so you can check their work. Let SACL CAI handle, handle any or all of your accounts receivable needs. See their banner at freetalklive.com or call 1-800-544-6359. Do business with businesses that support FTL. That's 1-800-544-6359. As we go back to our guest on the line, Brian Fleming from uh, BlasphemyChallenge.com, also the director of the documentary, The God Who Wasn't There. Brian, welcome back to Free Talk Live. Thanks. Great to be here. Yes, indeed. Now, BlasphemyChallenge.com, the reason we have you on here tonight, I think it's a fantastic idea. Essentially, would you just recap it again for us, uh, for those just tuning in? Yeah. Uh, BlasphemyChallenge.com is a site where you can go and upload a video of your own blasphemy, and in exchange you can win a free DVD of the movie The God Who Wasn't There. Now, that's that's very, uh, that's very quite a, a deal. I mean, that's a $25 DVD, and it's actually a, a fairly decent documentary as well, so pr- pretty good prize. But you're essentially asking people to damn themselves to eternal hell. I mean, it's essentially eternal damnation. Um, essentially... Oh, yeah, did I forget to mention that price? Yeah, yeah. there's that, yeah, It's too. a little catch. Right. Now, what, what, how, how does one blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Could you give us an example of uh, what one might say if one were to blaspheme the Holy Spirit? Denying the existence of the Holy Spirit is generally considered enough. So Just then, saying it doesn't exist, that's blasphemy. So I, Ian, the host of Free Talk Live, deny the existence of the Holy Spirit. That would essentially be blaspheming, and so I'm basically now damned to hell. Yeah, and, and here's, here's a great thing, a benefit you now have for the rest of your life. When a Christian comes to your door and tries to convert you, you can just let them know, oh, no, I'm un- unsavable. Don't waste your time. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go to the phones. we got calls for you, uh, if you don't mind. Let's talk to Jeff in West Virginia. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark and uh, Brian Fleming. Uh, hi. Uh, um, well, several things, but I'll, I'll be brief. Um, well, for starters, the last comment he just made, that in, in the context that the Scripture where Jesus said that all sins will be forgiven except for blasphemy of the Holy Ghost, um, it's actually not possible for a person who doesn't know the Lord to blaspheme the Holy Ghost, because what he was saying was he was casting out devils, and the Pharisee says he, he casts out devils <clears throat> by the prince of devils, Beelzebub. So just denying the Lord doesn't mean you blaspheme the Holy Ghost. So, and here's another thing. If, you know, he says that Jesus didn't exist, he's just a myth, I'd like to know what year he's living in and what something significant must have happened, you know, a little over 2,000 years ago. You know, people don't just change their calendar for a myth. Well, I think that's a, that's a little unfair. I mean, the calendar wasn't changed until somewhere in um, the third, 300 um, century, or three, third century, um, you know, 300 A.D. So that was 300 years ago. I mean, it's like you saying, I know what happened in 1650 because we're in 2006. Now, Mark, we do have a guest on the line. I would like for him to, to respond. Brian? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would point out that today is Saturday, which is named after Saturn. And if we're going to say that because the year has the number it has, well, when we might, if Jesus must have existed, well, I guess if Saturday has the name it has, Saturn must have existed too. I mean, clearly... Uh, mythologies can be used uh, in, in, in order to date things and to name things, and those mythologies don't have to be true. Jeff, thank you for the okay. call. We appreciate okay. hearing from well, you. 800-259-9231. Let's go to Johnson in Connecticut. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark and Brian Fleming. Hey, hey, I've got a, a couple things. A quick question first. Um, I, well, actually, no, let me bring up this point. One thing I want to talk about is that uh, a lot of people are saying that people get mad, or that atheists are so mad, and that uh, – 
people who question are so mad at Christians and mad at other people. And I, I kind of just wanted to mention that I don't think that it's necessarily that, um, you know, Christians make it that, that it's all about themselves. And I think it's more that atheists are questioning and they're mad at being lied to and they're mad at ignorance, not at Christians, not at any particular one religion, but simply at angry and willful ignorance. And uh, then, you know, that's, that's a point, and I guess comment on that. But I also have a question, just for some inside information, or what's going on with Danielle, the movie Danielle. Um, what is the, that? The Omen, the Omen wouldn't have been my first choice. <laughs> what is Danielle? I mean, you got to explain, like, for people like me that have that's no my, idea what you're That's my about. question for, for Brian Fleming. I can explain what Danielle is. Okay. Uh, Danielle is a movie I set out uh, to make uh, – a couple of years ago, actually, and it's the and the God who wasn't there. The documentary came out of it. It is a fictional feature film that I'm working on. That's about a uh, Christian high school girl who comes into possession of incontrovertible evidence that Jesus never existed, and she is faced uh, with a choice of what to do with it. And she's also becomes she also becomes a target of fundamentalist Christians who want to destroy that evidence and destroy her if they can. Uh, it's a, a a movie that has unfortunately been in a long development process. It remains in development. And uh, all I can really say is when I get the right cast and I get the right situation set up, I'm going to make the movie. But I'm only going to make the movie if I'm sure it's going to be great. It's, I'm not going to make it as just a little movie just to you know, make it however I can. I'm, o- I'm only going to make it as a really big movie. Very cool. Johnson, any other oh, thoughts? So, is that, that, so it is in progress. It definitely it is, is in progress. It's 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 one of the things that I'm working on. And uh, what's when the, the best? Wh- when, Brian, when the right, especially when the right person to play Danielle comes along, I right. think that then you'll see it just take off. What's and, the best and way to follow along, uh, Brian Fleming? For somebody out there listening, like Johnson and Johnson, thanks for the call. But for somebody like Johnson, following your career, what's the best way to kind of keep up to date with the status of this film and and your other projects? Uh, you can keep up with my uh, weblog, which I update almost daily, uh, and uh, it's at uh, slumdance.com. You can find it through there. Slumdance.com? Yeah, slumdance.com. Great. Or just do a Google search for my name, Brian Fleming, with uh, two M's in Fleming, and it's the first uh, first thing that comes up is Fantastic. my weblog. What we'll do is we'll, uh, we'll put this archive up on our website on the guest page at freetalklive.com, and there'll be a link there, a permanent link, so that'll make it easier for people. All right, let's continue. We've got Gary in Sarasota, Florida. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark and Brian Fleming. Good Gary. evening. Uh, Mr. Fleming, I've always wondered what it really meant to blaspheme the Holy Spirit. It seems uh, that it is a little bit ambiguous, uh, open to several interpretations. Some people say that it only refers to those uh, in Jesus' time. Others say it's the act of uh, continually rejecting Christ. Others say that it's uh, criticizing a miracle, and then uh, just wondering what your thoughts were on that, and it seemed like Apostle Paul might have fit into any of those categories prior to him uh, becoming a believer on the road to Damascus. He might have done some of those things. Your comments, please. It's true. Perhaps Paul, according to the legendary story about him uh, as a persecutor of Christians, may have uh, blasphemed the Holy Spirit. Uh, I I don't know. Uh, But uh, I, I think that the, the other caller was right, which I didn't get to this, when he said that the context in which this 
comes about in one of the verses in the Bible that mentions this is that Jesus was casting out demons. However, Jesus, just because the context led Jesus to lay out this rule doesn't mean it only applied in that one particular context. I mean, that, that would mean that only somebody who saw Jesus performing a miracle and said, no, Jesus is using the devil, that, that's the only person that could possibly blaspheme the Holy Spirit. And I, 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 I mean, you can make that interpretation if you want to, but I think a plain reading of the text is that you know, Jesus meant more than that. Gary, any other thoughts? He's gone. Thanks for the call, Gary. 800-259-9231. Let's it go does, to, it does, hmm? I just wanted to comment on this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit thing. I, it, it gets difficult because, um, you know, Christians will run out to save you um, in, on this blasphemy of the Holy Spirit uh, thing. Because, Ian, you just did it right here. Yes, uh, I did. Moments, moments ago. It's actually the second time I've done it. They'll, but, okay. they'll just run out and say, oh, no, that doesn't count. They'll come up with some explanation. <laughs> now, my understanding is, and, and, they want my and this is where it gets Christianity gets all convoluted. It was written in a language, um, you know, that's it, it's extinct at this point, and God is ho- supposedly holding me responsible for knowing what is said in the Bible. To me, blasphemy is something clear. The Holy so Spirit is something clear. Yeah. Well, what mistranslated? They've mistranslated the name of their Savior. Hang it's on, Yeshua. Brian. We're going to come back. we got more calls for you. 800-259-9231. Question for Brian Fleming? Call now. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. Your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free. 800-259-9231. It is Ian here with you. And Mark. That is 1-800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. Enjoy all the features on our website. You know those other radio talk show hosts? They want to charge you five, six, seven bucks a month in order to access their sites and all their features. Well, we give it all away for free at freetalklive.com. Now, if you like that fact, then we ask that you support the show on a voluntary basis by buying some stuff from us at Amazon. You know them. They're the world's largest Internet retailer with over uh, with 35 categories of products, everything from furniture to DVDs to books. Uh, high-ticket electronic items, low-ticket electronic items. They're all there, uh, all under one electronic roof. Amazon.freetalklive.com. When you enter through that link, any purchase you make, even the used stuff, any purchase you make, Free Talk Live gets a percentage of. So, you're doing holiday shopping? Do it at Amazon.freetalklive.com. Don't know what to get somebody? Get them a gift certificate. Amazon.freetalklive.com. As we go back to our guest, uh, Brian Fleming. He is from. Uh, he's the director of the God who wasn't there at thegodmovie.com. Also involved in blasphemychallenge.com. But Brian, you were telling me during the break that uh, you don't deserve all the credit for the bla- uh, for blasphemychallenge.com. That this this whole thing is being put on by the Rational Response Squad, which I don't operate. I'm a member, but I don't operate it. And uh, their website is rationalresponders.org. Excellent. Now, what is their what's their purpose? Just briefly before we get back to these calls. Well, the Rational Response Squad is in the business of addressing, uh, you know, irrational emergencies, uh, including the ongoing emergency uh, posed by religious faith. Uh, you know, they can handle any, any, any irrational emergency you're having. They can handle it for you. So you, should, <laughs> right. you can go and check them out. Great. Let's go to the phones. Uh, let's go to James in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. James, you're on with Brian Fleming on Free Talk Live. Hey, how's it going? Good. Um, I was just wanted to comment about the... Uh, comparison of the book of Genesis to science and that it's I don't think a very fair comparison in that the book of Genesis I believe is a book of poetry or flash mythology and that there are two actually different accounts two different accounts in Genesis of the story of creation written by two different authors and they had no problem putting them side by side because it wasn't a scientific book Um, what's the other story of creation 
Only um, the only one I know, Adam and Eve, uh, six days. Right. Check it out. Um, it's Genesis one and Genesis one two. I mean, there's two different stories of creation right there, and they're side by side. I haven't read Genesis right. one and then Genesis one two. Oh, I'm sorry, Mark. You talked over Brian. Brian, what'd you say? I said he's right. The the, the same story is told two different ways in Genesis. Mm-hmm. That is correct. Yep. And it shows a different portrayal of God as being two different types of God, you know, with two different personalities or something, you know, that shows that God is seen one way, then God's seen another way. Am I drunk? Hold on. I have never heard this before, and um, I've read Genesis, I can't, I'm innumerable times. I don't know what you're talking about, two different... um, Seriously, I mean, pick it up the book and look at it. I I, I don't like to waste my time with that thing anymore. Um, Well, I'm I'm just pointing it out that it's not a book of science. It's, It's... well, don't you think it's a little unfair of God, um, this almighty, all-powerful being that puts me on a planet that is less real than, say, um, the spiritual world where I can uh, spend eternity in hell damnation, um, and gives me myths <laughs> to uh, by which to guide me? I mean, here's his um, holy Bible. You're that... talking about ancient society, too, and how they dealt with the world was through their oral traditions and through myth. So... That, so that, that wouldn't be, but God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. I mean, isn't it a little unfair of Him to give me some old um, instructions and then expect me to figure out that they're old instructions and they're actually myths, and I shouldn't believe this portion of the Holy Bible, but I should certainly believe this other portion of the Holy Bible? Well, there's there's a lot of different categories of stories in the Bible, and so it, it's inspirational for people. Yes, I believe that. Also, at the same time, now. I am I'm Christian, but I still am pissed off at a lot of Christians out there who do take it so literally. I mean, 100 percent, and you just can't do that and, and have but a they, but, faith. but those Christians believe that you are uh, basically uh, wrong for yeah. not believing it literally. Oh, oh, well, definitely, yes, they would. <laughs> and, and there's a broad spectrum of just like humanity. There's a broad spectrum of Christians out there too. I mean, Absolutely, one why? Part of it doesn't have a corner on the market. I'm going to let Brian jump in here in a moment, but uh, James, just one more question for you before we let you go. Why choose the Bible over, say, Zeus? Ah, and um, there, if Zeus had something that would say to me that would be more like of a Christ consciousness, you know, um, no. I found greater truth in my own spiritual value in the Bible than I have in other places. But here's the deal. I still find truth wherever truth is. Um, I don't discount Zeus. I, I don't discount Buddha. You know, hmm. Interesting you, you answer. You can't do that. James, thank you for the call. We appreciate it. Brian, oh, you're uh, welcome. Thanks for your program. I love it. Hey, great. Thanks. Thanks. Sir. Brian, your thoughts? Um, <laughs> well, I get, there's a lot of ways to be irrational, and I think that uh, that, that color somewhat demonstrates that, that you, <laughs> yeah. you can be irrational and believe in the Bible you know, as a literal word of God, or you can believe that some of it's false and some of it's true. There's, just, there's a lot of ways to take a book, book of mythology and view it as something other than mythology. Right. Something I've never understood is why um, people seem to adhere to one book as opposed to all the other books that are out I there. There's so many different gods you can believe in. He didn't in. claim to adhere to one book over another. He know, claimed to be a of... Christian, but you know he's his own um, designed sort of Christian. Right. He takes what he wants out of the Bible, tosses the rest. I'm not talking rest. about him specifically. I mean everybody. You know, there's so many out there. Almost all Christians are like that guy because most of them don't believe some portion of the Bible or mm-hmm. another. And to, to me, to... It's like people picking and choosing the laws they want to follow, basically. I'm fine with that, too, but uh, you just got to realize what you're doing. Let's go to Michael. Yeah, I agree with... Uh, 
I agree with Richard Dawkins that you know, the, the Bible should definitely be appreciated as the literature that it is and the important literature that it is. It does uh, belong you know, on a shelf uh, where we keep our important books. It just doesn't belong on a shelf that says nonfiction. Or above any other books. It's just another book to me. Let's go to Michael in Virginia Beach. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian Mark and Brian Fleming. Hi, Ian. Hi, Mark. Uh, I'd like to thank you both for the exposure to the Blasphemy Challenge, first of all, (laughs) and also, Brian, for the uh, God movie. It was a very good film, Brian. Thank Thank you. you. And uh, I'd also like to throw my hand in with the the definition of the Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It's uh, true that in Mark 3.29, the verse in Mark where Christ says it's blasphemy to uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is the only unforgivable sin, that he is referring to uh, uh, Pharisees who were claiming that the work of the Holy Spirit was a work of evil demons, but uh, it's not the only time in the Bible that uh, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit is listed as uh, the unforgivable sin. It's also listed uh, somewhere in Matthew, I don't remember the verse, but uh, it, that also mentions the Pharisees claiming it was an evil spirit, but it's also listed in Luke 12.10, and he doesn't make such a reference there. And so wait, are you are you backing up, Brian, on this one, saying that it, to say that if you deny the existence of the Holy Spirit, then you will indeed be uh, damned to eternal fires, essentially? Yes, uh, denial of the Holy Spirit is definitely blasphemy. Uh, blasphemy, as uh, defined in the Bible, is uh, pretty much just to say anything against the reputation of an exalted being. It's uh, demonstrated in several other Bible verses as well, especially in the Latin, because Lat- blasphemy actually comes from two Latin words, blaptine which means to injure, and theme, which is uh, uh, reputation. Hmm. And uh, there are several other Bible verses in which it's used to uh, denote the uh, injury of uh, someone or something's reputation. So, like, damaging its reputation would be like saying, the Free Talk Live, the radio show, is better than the Holy Spirit. Would that be, That's like, correct. damaging its reputation? Okay, very good. Michael, also, uh, thank- uh, yes, final thoughts. Also, uh, uh, the... I was going to say something else. Oh, yeah. The... Uh, Reputation of the Holy Spirit is pretty much what is said about it in the Bible. So to say anything that contradicts the Bible with regards to the Holy Spirit is to blaspheme it. Thanks for the clarification. We really appreciate hearing from you, Michael. And, uh, Brian, we're running out of time for this particular hour. You've been a fantastic guest. I want to make sure that we've covered everything. We've got uh, your blog out there. Could you plug that uh, website one more more time? Oh, what I want to make sure I do, I gave out the wrong URL for Rational Response Squad. It's actually rationalresponders.com. Rationalresponders.com. Yeah, rationalresponders.com, dot, org, like I said. And people who want to take the Blasphemy Challenge can actually go to blasphemychallenge.com. And then there's your movie, which is uh, The God Who Wasn't There at thegodmovie.com. So I think we've pretty much gotten uh, all the websites out there at this point. I think you have. Excellent. Uh, Brian, did you have any parting thoughts, anything else that you wanted to impart tonight to our audience? No, I just encourage people to go to uh, blasphemychallenge.com, especially if you want a free copy of the video. Be sure to do it quickly uh, before they run out, because um, uh, we're only donating uh, 1,001 copies uh, to the Blasphemy Challenge. That's fantastic. So is there like a form that people fill out? Uh, how do they actually get the, the video? It's, it's very easy. All you do is you, you upload your video on YouTube mm-hmm. uh, as a response to our main video, uh, and then you just email that URL along with your address to an email that's listed on, on uh, BlasphemyChallenge.com. It's, it's extremely easy to do. That's fantastic. Brian Fleming, uh, thank you very much for coming on Free Talk Live here tonight. We really appreciate your time, sir. Have a great weekend. Thank you, guys. Take it easy. 
800-259-9231. I love this. A bunch of atheists talking about the Bible. (laughs) There have been Christians who've called in tonight. 800-259-9231. And you're not an atheist, Mark. No, I'm just... I've only been sitting here on the sidelines. Hour number two is on the way. You take control of the airwaves. We're going to talk about actually what we did today, Mark. We burned some flags. Yes, we did. UN flags. Mm -hmm. Tell you about it. Coming up, Free Talk Live. Would you like to help others find Free Talk Live? You can help us advertise, market, and promote the show at amp.freetalklive.com. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier now for $3 a month and get some cool bonuses at amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. We're kicking off Hour 2 of the Saturday edition. We're in the studio live. Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number is 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. You bring up whatever you want. Uh, Today, Mark, we did something. We actually did something worth talking about. We went to a flag burning. The UN flag burning, as a matter of fact. You know, it seems like when everybody and whenever anybody wants to burn a flag, it's they're always talking about burning the United States flag. I mean, right. they want to pass amendments over this thing, and and uh, it seems to me that the talk of uh, amendment passing is is probably what's the fuel for most of the flag burning that goes on. Anyway, um, there's not a lot of news stories about flag burnings. No, there's not. It doesn't seem to happen very much. But yeah, we went out and actually burned a flag that really needs burning. The yeah. UN flag. I've never burnt a flag before, and it was it was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, you and I both did it uh, simultaneously, and there was a variety of other people who were there as well. And important point, we were burning our own private property. Yes. Because whenever you see a flag story in the news, it's always some punk kid that climbs up or that uh, gets a flag off of a fl- somebody else's flagpole and sets it ablaze. Right. That's not what we did. That's stealing. And arson property damage and yes. i was all i've got to say is we've got laws against that now if you want to pass a law that says that um somebody can't burn a flag that they bought and paid for i i think that i i think that it's a waste of our politicians time um and it's bad uh, you know it has nothing to do with the first amendment which is it's a waste pro- of everyone's yeah, time it, it it has you know the first amendment is to protect speech all speech it says freedom of speech not speech you like not popular speech, not speech that people can really get behind, because mm-hmm. that doesn't need any protecting. Exactly. It's the really unpopular speech that needs protecting. I don't like the idea that somebody would burn a flag. I think that it's a bad idea, but... That man. person, whoever decides to burn... Now now we're ta- now you're talking about the American flag when you yes. say a flag. Uh, when you're talking about somebody burning the American flag, I would guess that if that was indeed uh, to occur that that individual would have uh, probably a little bit of social ostracism to deal with. I mm. would I would think that a lot of people uh, who would witness said flag burning, American flag burning, would not really take the time to question the individual as to his motives or right. I don't, uh, why. I don't really care about the clear picture. I don't care about getting a clear picture as to why you might be burning that American flag. Mm-hmm. It just... It, it sickens me that you would be doing it. I think there are a lot of people that feel uh, the way that you do on that. But I want to again point out, we were burning the U.N. flag, yes. the United Nations flag today. <laughs> and, of course, uh, why were we burning the U.N. flag? Well, I don't personally, I'll let you answer this, but I don't like the idea of uh, sent more centralization when it comes to governments. I mean, I don't like local governments, let alone state governments, let alone federal governments, but a world government? And that is where these people want to go to. Absolutely. That's where these power-mongering politicians, that's what they want. 
They want a world government, and the U.N. is going to be their tool uh, to install it on us. And, of course, uh, the U.N. would also like to control all kinds of things in the United States. They want to ban guns. And the United States is actually the, the, the primary finance um, Financier. I guess the financier of the of the UN. Mm-hmm. So we really which don't... means see here's what I don't really get is um, I as an American citizen am the primary financier of the United States government who is the primary financier of the UN. So American citizens pay for the UN mm-hmm. largely. Now, did you vote for Kofi Annan? Mm, no, no, I didn't vote for Kofi Annan. And I didn't vote for any of the other delegates that sit. I didn't vote for the delegates that's sitting for America. Mm-hmm. Uh, why are these people have any kind of say over my life? Is this? I mean, this is a democracy, right? Well, there's you know the UN, the United mm-hmm. States listens to a lot republic. of it. So people talk about it being they're yeah, yeah. Dem- democratically re- elected uh, okay. um, politicians. That are supposed to be ruling over us, but you know the United States bows to what the UN says in a lot of cases. Why is that? I don't think that I didn't vote for any of these people. This is ridiculous. Why is my money and why am I being uh, forced to be subjected to the United Nations? They they have no legitimacy. They if, have no jurisdiction. I do not give them power, and it's a government by the people here on this soil. I, I think uh, if you are a U.N. supporter, I would like to hear from you tonight as to why it is that we might be wrong on this one. 1-800. Yeah, yeah. If you're a U.N. supporter, put down the grass and the patchouli and call in. What do you mean? What grass? The, 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 the joint. Set down the joint for What's a minute. What's that supposed to mean? It's very, very I've liberal. i plenty of joints in my time. What are you, ta- yep. what are you taking jabs at me for? I, I don't said patchouli oil. Do you have any freaking patchouli oil? I don't oil? even know what that is. No, it's, uh, it's really hippie stuff. Well, all right. If you are a UN supporter and we're, you think we're wrong uh, to burn the UN flag, one eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. And since we're talking about burning flags, let's just talk about the American flag burning idea. If you think that uh, burning the American flag should be outlawed, then I want to hear from you as well at eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Now, I'm not going to go and burn the American flag, uh, but I think that it should be legal. I think that people should be able mm. to do it if they want to, if it's their American flag, if they went out and bought it for the purposes of burning it, and they're burning it on their own pub- on their own private property. And you know, and as far as public property goes, I'd like to abolish public property. Would I w- would I want to see an American flag burnt on a public square owned by the government? I can't say that I could be against it because it is technically speech, and so it should it should be allowed as long as they clean up their mess. You know, <laughs> I, don't litter. I don't. I don't know what I think about that precisely. I mean, you know, there's there should be, should there be like a public arson? You know. Well, they do laws. have regulations against burning things in public. They do, and I mean, if there's a trash can full of trash and you toss, um, you know, a, a lit match into that uh, trash can mm-hmm. and you set it on fire in the middle of the street, uh, I I think that it. I don't like that. I don't. I think that that might maybe that should be against the law. Um, Just minor, burning things a in minor public. Minor misdemeanor. You just burning anything in public. Burning things in public, yeah. Right. I mean, just like things on but fire. But not a specific law against burning the flag. No. You're not looking for that. No. But if you are, if you think that's a good idea, 800-259-9231. But wow, what a great turnout today. It was actually the third annual uh, UN flag burn here mm. in New Hampshire, of course, the uh, chosen uh, chosen to be the free state. And I would say there was a good 20 people that show up uh, that showed up today Cumul- cumulatively. You and your wife were there in the morning, mm-hmm. and then you guys left. And a couple other people showed up afterwards. And in fact, a couple of our listeners uh, arrived um, that had never been up to, I guess, 
to to participate in a free state pro- or free, it wasn't a free state project function, but there were yeah. free state project members in attendance to participate in a function like that. And uh, let's see, it was Corey and Jason. A couple of our listeners came up from Massachusetts. It was it was cool, man. Yeah, it was like a free talk, talk live remote on. broadcast. Yeah, almost. We, one guy was there with a free talk live hat. Uh, another one of our listeners had a, a free talk live T-shirt, and uh, it was very cool. So we had a lot of fun with that, and uh, I'm sure we'll get that picture up. Uh, with, I think there was a few pictures taken of us. We'll try to round those up, maybe post them online or something like that, so you can see it happening. All right, 800-259-9231. So if you uh, are a UN supporter or if you are somebody that supports the banning of burning an, uh, an American flag. Now, wouldn't that be two completely separate viewpoints as far as the, the, the two different types of people we're asking to call in? Really, I guess it would be. Uh, um, you know, it seemed like if you are... Uh a, you know, somebody who would want to see legislation against Amer- burning the American flag. Um, but you wouldn't be a U.N. You'd supporter. Be one of the, you'd be one of those really conservative, stodgy types. Yeah. And if you would want to see legislation against uh, burning a U.N. flag, you'd probably be one of those, uh, I don't know, one-world government kind of flighty hippie types. I don't know. Maybe. Let's find out who John in Boca Raton is listening on WFTL. Hello, John. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. Enjoy the show. Thanks. Thanks. What's on your mind? Well, it's, what's on my mind is you talk about spending money. Uh, you worry about the money we spend for the U.N., which I support the U.N. You do? Why? Well, because we can't go on every country and have enemies. We've got to make friends with some of these countries. I, I, would, we, concur we, we you, have, I would concur with you on that. Let me finish. I, I, I will, absolutely. I just, I just want to say I, I believe totally with what you're saying as far as uh, not making enemies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we just don't have the troops or the money. And you talk about money for the U.N., this war is costing us $250 million a day. Mm-hmm. That's what should be the biggest complaint. I've heard numbers as high as, as $2 trillion that it's going to cost us in the long run. Yeah, we're not for the war either, see. A day, yeah, but wasting money. There's where the money's being wasted. Hey, if we do it's win, all being the wasted. Now, what if we made our friends, what if we brought all of our troops home from the 130 out of 190 U.N. member states that we have troops in, and I can't imagine that the people of those countries are really happy about that. Probably just the countries themselves are happy about having us there. What if we brought all those troops back home and we did a lot of business with people and you know made them happy that way? And just got out of the went, U.N. What if we went to the, to the U.N., to Iraq, and, and made sure there was no weapons and we wouldn't have had almost 3,000 Americans killed? And the UN was doing that for that, the UN was doing that for ten years. Somehow or another, the American people, the majority of them, did not believe. I want to bring UN. John back and yeah, find out too. why he believes in the UN. More's on the way. It's Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live Saturday edition. Your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll free eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. That's the packet eight toll free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. There's a bulletin board system there, bbs.freetalklive.com. We'll get you right to it. In fact, there's over 140,000 posts for you to surf around through. Lots of people to talk to as well. There's over, I think, 1,400 members at this point. So get interactive with us and our listenership over there at bbs.freetalklive.com. Like everything else on our website, it's totally free. And by the way, Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's First 1,000 Pledge. Are you just going to talk about freedom, or are you going to start living it now? Learn how the First 1,000 Pledge can make it happen today at freestateproject.org. That is freestateproject.org. And we were hanging out with some uh, Free State Project members today and burning UN flags um, because the UN is an organization that the United States as a country does not belong in. 
Now, we've actually got John on the line with us uh, from Boca Raton listening on WFTL. John, I, br- I wanted to bring you back. Are you still there? Yes, sir. Okay. Now, you said you liked the U.N. because it was an organization that would allow us to make friends with other countries around the world. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. If you believe that we can't continue to send troops all over, be policemen all over the world, Mm -hmm. the only thing that would help us is to get more involved and supportive of the U.N. They can keep us from sending our soldiers. Here's why you're wrong uh, about that. First of all, us, we are not going to be involved in the U.N., politically appointed bureaucrats are going to be involved in the U.N. Some guy that was appointed by the president or whoever it is that appoints the U.N. ambassador is the guy who's going to talk to those other countries. And he's not going to talk to the people of those other countries. He's going to talk to other appointed bureaucrats about their issues. I mean, as much trouble as you might have with, say, the leadership of this country now, you may or may not, but at some point you've had a problem with it. Imagine how much problem say somebody in saudi arabia may have with a king i mean the leadership of a given country the rulers of a given country do not represent the people of that given country absolutely there's no way it could possibly be the case and when you go in and when you go into these u.n meetings and you take a position on whatever the issue is you take a position for the united states then that's inevitably, while it might make friends, so-called, with another, some of the other people representing the other countries in that room, it's going to alienate and anger the other ones. You can't possibly make friends with them all. So the, the, the best answer, and I'd like to hear what you think about this, John, is to withdraw from the U.N. and just simply allow business people in the United States to transact business uh, with other people in, in other countries. The government doesn't belong in the friends-making business because the government is a lousy friend to anyone. Your thoughts? Uh, when you say lousy friend, you mean or even, even the overseas? When Rumfeld called Germany and France old Europe, that was an insult. Exactly. This is why the government doesn't belong in dealing with other countries overseas. The government should just shut up, and uh, and I'd prefer it just go away, but it's inevitably going to be there to some extent. It doesn't belong calling anybody names overseas. It just needs to stay out of it entirely. Except when we went to France and... and Begged them to help us defeat England so we could be we could win our our freedom. Do you remember that? You're talking about the Revolutionary War. We didn't get a hell of a lot of help, by the way, from France, and uh, you yeah. know they they were uh, they were enmeshed in a war with England at, at the same time. And we didn't really have a government at that point anyway. But yeah. John, thanks for the call. We appreciate. All right, it. thanks, guys. Eight hundred two five nine ninety two thirty one. Let's continue here. Uh, we've got Mike on the line in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT or on Free Talk Live. Hello, Mike. Oh, uh, hello, guys. Hey, what's on your mind? Uh, I'm I'm not opposed to uh, burning the uh, UN flag. Excellent. <laughs> so, yeah. But uh, you know what? I'm not opposed to a, a ban on burning the American flag either. Uh, although I'm not opposed to anyone uh, uh, not getting arrested for beating up someone that is burning American flag. I understand where you're coming from on that, but you know, <laughs> but you think somebody should be able to beat up. Uh, how about an individual this, burning how about a flag? this scenario here? Um, John. Well, I'm, not, I'm not for a ban on, on – I mean, that's just silly. I mean, to ban, like, oh, don't burn our flag or whatever. But, uh, I mean, if, if someone wants to take it that far, then if someone uh, was insulted by that and choose to beat up someone burning the American flag, then um, I think our uh, law enforcement should look the other way. I think, I think the chances are very good as to what um, you're saying is probably what's going to happen. But let's look at this scenario here. Let's say I'm, uh, like, chemically imbalanced, right? 
and right. which is, the chances are good, but I'm not chemically imbalanced in this <laughs> manner. Um, yes. And I'm on my front lawn in the house that I paid for and that I put a mortgage a check into the, the mailbox to, to pay the uh, mortgage every single month. And I decide I want to burn my flag. You know, for whatever reason, I've seen something on the news. I take my flag off the flagpole, and I'm going to set this baby on fire in my front yard. Do you right. think that it? Do you think it's cool? It's all right. You, that a, a cop perhaps shouldn't protect me if somebody comes onto my property and beats my butt for burning uh, no, that flag. Not on, your own, not, on, not on your own private property, but if you're on like a public like yeah, public it's the public. It's that public, public aspect and, that really and trying to make a, a statement by burning a flag, which you know, I mean, a lot of people do that. And, yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, I, I'm not opposed to them doing it, but it's like, well, if. If, it's kind of like asking to get you your ass kicked. Sure well, are. That's why we need to get rid of public property. And uh, thank you for the call, Mike. We appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. Because with, if, if all pro- property was private, yep. then we wouldn't have these uh, issues anymore over what is speech, what is, what's okay, what's not okay. You know, public because property it makes all kinds of problems. Because if in the, in the terminology public, people sort of believe, I mean, I sort of believe... I own this property a little bit with everybody else, so my opinion counts right. here on this property. Well, I don't know about you, Ian, but I think that most people's opinions stink, and I don't want to be uh, subjected to them. Now, oddly, I go on property all day long that does not belong to me, but I have, you know, I feel like I have every right to go there. Uh, you know, I go to lunch at Chili's. I go. Uh, I, I do some shopping at Target. Um, I might uh, go and wash down uh, my ch- burger from Chili's at a uh, local beer hall. I might go play some pool. Whatever. I walk onto people's private property all day long. They welcome me. But they have the prerogative to kick your butt out anytime right. they if want I to. If I decide to start burning flags in their bar, even if you just just you know want to insult the bartender, you're right. I if mean, I, whatever, whatever. They can send. That's the cool thing about private property is you, as the private property owner, gets to set whatever rules you want to, or at least that's the way it should be. With mm-hmm. this pesky government around, the government says, "Well, uh, you can, uh, you you can't, uh, you have to prevent everybody from smoking in your uh, in your house or mm-hmm. in your uh, bar or your business." Uh, no, no, you can't allow those. Uh, you, you have to allow everyone in. Oh, whoa, you want to have women only? No, 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 that's discrimination. You know, we we don't need the government telling us what we can and can't do with our own private property. If there's going to be and inevitably there will be. If there are going to be jerks, say racists, for instance, that want to open up their own little racist store and sell, say, white power merchandise or black to white power people merchandise only. to white people only or black people only, then let them and allow the marketplace to punish those individuals. Allow the people, the patrons or potential patrons, to make an individual decision, as people do every single day, as to whether or not to go through the doors of that business. And as to whether or not to spread the word about how lousy a business person that guy is. He will be punished on his own. Right, by people not buying his products. We don't need mommy government around to handle this. Let's go to, I believe it's Todd in Indianapolis. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi there, guys. Hey, Tom. Hey, What's on your mind? I'd like to speak to the, um, to the flag burning issue. Yes, sir. Um, I take a fairly conservative bet on most things. In this, uh, this instance, um, I don't really have a problem with, uh, with talking about legislating about it because um, I think it comes, comes up often because uh, when somebody burns a flag, it creates a lot of anger. Absolutely, it does. And, Todd, I don't want you to be angry, but I want to hang through. I want you to hang through this break so we can come back with more of you. Hang on, 800-259-9231. This is your show. You take control of the airwaves. Free Talk Live. 
Our archives, website, and podcast will continue to stay free, but if you think other people deserve to hear this show, consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month at amp.freetalklive.com. Help free some minds. Visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live, your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features you'll find there because they are totally free. And that does include the listener map. we got listeners from around the world, over 1,700 of them, who have taken the time to add themselves to said listener map at map.freetalklive.com. So you can scroll around the world and see who else is a Free Talk Live listener. And you can add yourself to it as well, map.freetalklive.com. And do you have a child in your life? Be they son, daughter, or sibling, give them financial literacy for Christmas. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton teaches child the basics of finance, money management, and real estate investment. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That is akidsjourney.com. As we go back to Todd in Indianapolis, uh, waiting patiently, listening on WXNT. Todd, uh, go ahead and just restart because we kind of came up to that break and uh, it's immobile. So what were you saying before? Well, what I was um, speaking to was that um, I, um, I don't mind people talking about legislating our, our uh, politician was talking about legislating against flag burning because I think what they're just speaking to is something that angers, angers myself and I think it angers most Americans. But um, wait a minute, Todd. The First Amendment was uh, created to protect unpopular I, speech, precisely the said, speech that makes you angry. I said talking about it. You know what I mean? They but but if they it. talk about it too much, they're going to make a law, and then we've got a problem. No, they won't. They've been talking about it for a long time. I don't think a law will be passed. It's there. Uh, you know, it took the it took they're, the communists they're, they're a little while to put them. social security in place, but they finally did it. Yes, they did. Um, I think this one will keep itself in check, though. Um, I think most other acts like like this that most Americans find reprehensible, um, the public venue will take care of it. You think um, that they're only talking about it to like get votes, and then they're just going to shelve it and not do anything about it? Absolutely, because that's something that fires a lot of people up. Very good. Um, and I think that. Uh, you know, something like if my neighbor burns a flag on his lawn, mm-hmm. right, on his private property, like your earlier caller, I'm not going to encourage somebody to go over and beat him up. But there are many other ways to punish him. You know, we can make Social a ostracism would be the answer. He can lose his job. You, know? you could not talk to him, not allow your kids to go play with his kids, that sort of thing. It goes on and on and on. Ostracism is very, very, is a very, very powerful mechanism. Now, since yeah. we're talking about flag burning, just want to get your thoughts. How about burning U.N. flags? What do you think of that? Oh, that's that's fine. All right, good deal. Thanks for the call, Todd. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. As we go to Grand Rapids, listening on WTKG, it's Jay. Hello, Jay. Yes, good evening. Hey, what's on your mind? Gentlemen, I wonder if you can explain the paradox that uh, I'm looking at. You know, I don't understand how conservatives who support globalization and one-world free marketplace are so hardly against the centralization of government within the United Nations. Wait, can you run that by me one more time? Okay, a conservative pendant is the globalization philosophy economically of a one-world marketplace. Well, yes. No it's tariffs a- at the borders, mm-hmm. right? And that propensity has gained steam, and uh, particularly since Reagan pulled down the tariffs at the borders, and Margaret Thatcher did the same, and that's been the economic uh, tendency for the last uh, 20 years. Okay. Okay, with that phenomenon, without being argued about or debated, taking place, 
Why are the same conservatives so against centralization of government within the United Nations? Well, I don't think the conservatives, I mean, the, the ones that call the show probably are, but I mean, the ones that call themselves conservatives in office certainly are for the United, uh, United Nations because they haven't done anything to get the United States out. And to answer your question, though, I think it has... You mentioned to... that you were against that. I'm against... You were against the cent... one, one of the speakers on the show here said they were against the centralization of government. That would be me. I am against I am for decentralization. I am I'm against the federal government. <laughs> I mean, I don't want a United Nations. I don't even want a federal government, my friend, um uh, because the more you centralize, the uh less control each individual has over the results of whatever it is that but, that central organization is doing. What about centralization then of the economic world? That's that not well. centralization. That's it's that's a uh, that's a misnomer. What we're talk what you were talking about is dropping trade restrictions, which I don't see happening at all. I see more trade restrictions all the time. But nonetheless, if you're dropping trade restrictions, you're talking about decentralization in that each individual, each businessman can do business with whomever he wants to around the world at the drop of a dime, at a pickup of a phone, uh, at a send of an email. That's not that centralization. That would be then a centralized marketplace, even to the degree that there would be. A, a universal coinage, which has already happened in Europe. It's called the euro. And there have been droppings of uh, tariffs and uh, trading restrictions. Uh, the universal that goes without question. The universal, uh, I question it um, because there's always new little trade packages. They call it free trade, but it's not yeah, free trade. The simple fact that they call NAFTA um, you know, a free trade doesn't mean that it's free trade. You don't need 700 pages of literature to right. make free trade. Free trade means... Michigan. I'm in Michigan, and yeah. they used to build cars uh, in Hamtramck in Dearborn, which they now build in Mexico. And the mm -hmm. reason they do that is, is that the tariffs at the border that Reagan abolished, right. which used to put the price of that car equal to it being produced here in America, which uh -huh. meant it was superfluous for that car company to go to Metamora, Mexico, that uh, tariff was was removed. You're oversimplifying also, that issue. No, no, well, I only true. have a few minutes, man, but that's not over, that's about as, as succinct as I can be. Well, I, and, and here's why you're oversimplifying it. There's a bunch of other factors as to why products are going outside of the United States uh, to be manufactured, and, and uh, just a couple of tariffs is one of them. I, it's a primary one. Maybe so in that particular case, uh, but there's also the the fact that we've got a minimum wage here driving up wages. We've also got uh, extreme regulation on the part of the federal government, organization like O. OSHA and other local regulatory agencies, it just makes it more and more expensive for people to do business within the borders of the United States. So it's inevitable that they're going to want to cut costs and go that's elsewhere total, when they have to... That's totally propaganda. The propaganda? Those, absolutely. The propaganda that the conservative movement has put out into the public mind is that it's too expensive to keep our companies here. It's too restrictive have you ever tried to, to start your own business? That's pure poppycock. Have you ever tried to start your own business? Uh, yes, but not on the scale of General Motors or Electrolux. Well, if you're if, you know, even on a local uh, scale, even on a small scale, you should know that you have to jump through a bunch of government hoops. You have to get the permits. You have to pay bribes, which is essentially what uh, permits are. You're paying bribes to the government agencies, so they don't come in and shut your business down. And you have to jump through all kinds of hoops and government uh, mandates in order to just simply open your doors to other people. Now you get let's bigger. Talk about one of those hoops here here in Michigan, right next to the Canadian border. For years, Amway was. Uh, bringing products across the border from Canada, okay. and we're not paying taxes. Great. Which would be, which would be uh, to, to their financial bottom line profit, correct? It's when to everybody's caught, profit, caught, my friend. Just, when they were caught, 
they went and lobbied like mad to get the tariffs at the border removed. So I'd what like was to illegal at one removed. time? What? Well, again, fine. We've lost fifty-eight thousand jobs uh, in a year here, and the primary reason for that is that companies find it now to their benefit to move and make a product. For it's because an hour. people who want to put restrictive, um, you know, you know, all these rules on companies just make it so that they don't want to live there. Guys it's like you who want to put a. The guys no, like you that want to put a bunch of rules on a company, on a company have driven them away. Shame on no, you. No, they went away because they can make money. Right. Somebody in Bangladesh. Uh, at do you want to make money? Compared. Hold on. Do you want to make money? Of course I do. Yes. Of course I do. So that's Economic what you're holding against these guys. For, for centuries was that there was a tariff structure. That was completely gutted. That, that has nothing to do, the tariffs have nothing to do with protecting Americans, no, and they have no. everything to do well, with enriching politicians. The they backbone have... of our industry. Look, um, tariff, the, the tariffs may help you in your business, but they may harm me in my business. It's just politicians doing what they do, which is reward their friends and punish their enemies. See, this isn't All a liberal... you want to do is pick up a gun and point it at somebody, because that's friend? what the government is. No, let's not bring guns into the issue. No, no, you are let's bringing guns that's into the, the issue. That's what the government does. It's all yes, it does. Let me explain. Now, Jay, hang on. I'll explain this to you. It's very simple. If I want to do business with somebody in China in a free country, I would be able to pick up the phone and order a bunch of products and have them delivered to me. But it doesn't work that way because of people like you uh, that want to come in and say, whoa. You can't have products delivered from another country like China. We're going to charge you import tariffs on that. And if you don't pay those import tariffs, we're going to come in and shut your business down. And if you don't that want us to shut your business down, then we're going to shoot you. Why do we have such a preponderance of an imbalance in our, our trade right now? Because of all the regulations in the United States. Now, wait a minute. You just told me those regulations have been removed in a trade balance. I have not I told tell you that. that. You've been you saying that. You said they've been removed. I say mentioned. there's regulation upon regulation, tariff upon tariff. Jay, hang on. We'll bring you back because you're, you're really competitive, and we'll mm-hmm. talk to you about this because I want to show you where the gun is. There really is a gun out there. Oh, Free yeah. Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231, the Packet 8 toll-free line. 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site completely free, and enjoy them. They're on us. Though, if you like the show and you want to help support Free Talk Live, then we ask that you vote for us. Head over to vote.freetalklive.com. Easy way to register your appreciation for the show. Takes you less than a minute. All you need is an email address. It won't be spammed. It won't be sold. Um, It just helps Free Talk Live get into the top ten podcasts of the world. We are currently the number four podcast in the world, which is pretty good, but we can be higher on that chart with your vote at vote.freetalklive.com. Now, we're going back to Jay in Michigan. You're uh, listening on WTKG. Jay, you're back on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Now, we're talking about trade barriers, restrictions, um, why why companies move outside of the country. And I think, Jay, that you're kind of stuck in this conservative, liberal paradigm, and I want to make it clear that Free Talk Live, Mark and Ian, are not conservatives, nor are we liberals. We happen to be individuals uh, who believe in liberty. Free now, markets. I'm not, the issue isn't uh, you, you folks. That hasn't been the issue at all. Well, the, now, the, the issue has been 
uh, our, our country and what's going on econ- economically. Well, and I and we were a conversation from another caller. We were getting uh, into uh, where the gun is, and you said don't bring guns into this. Well, guns are in it, and uh, I wanted to make sure that you understood that that is uh, inevitably going to be the case when you're whether talking about government liberal, regulations. Whether it's the the liberal agenda or the conservative agenda, it, there's a gun. Now, are you somebody in your personal life who um, makes a habit of pointing guns at people? Are, are you using the word gun metaphorically here? No, no, I mean a, gun? a gun that a can real shoot live people gun. and hurt them. Are you somebody who likes to point guns uh, of course, at people? Of course, it's a rhetorical question. Of course not. Okay, it's and a serious going question. We're a path that's way far from, I think, from the nucleus where we're talking it's about. It's a serious question, and we're going to, uh, we're going, I'll let you make your point, but I want you to understand where the gun is, okay? Because there is a gun when we're talking about dealing with uh, international trade. So you aren't somebody that would ever consider pointing a gun at your neighbor and demanding that he do things for you. I just want to make that of clear. Not. Okay. Neither would I beat somebody up uh, for burning the flag. I'm not either. Uh, I'm not that that way either. Now, would you, for instance, uh, get together with some neighbors and all of you, maybe ten neighbors? Would you go and point weapons at uh, another one of your na- maybe less like uh, less less liked neighbors and demand things of him? No. What at what about point is... does pointing guns at people become okay, sir? At yep. innocent people. Again, you're asking rhetorical questions. No, I'm asking serious questions. Of course, it, you can't justify. You just said pointing a gun at innocent people. There's no justification ever for that. Okay, well, great. It has but been our the, historical tendency to do that. That's what, that's what the government with, is every single time, though. Do you right. understand? That in order to get what you want... Um, you and you use the government to do it. You have to use guns, right? In your case, now, you want or the threat of a gun, right? You want me to get the government to do what I want. I have to use a gun. Yep. The government uses guns. It's not you, sir. You're asking the government to impose tariffs on people for doing business outside of this, uh, outside of the United States. And therefore, if That's I not a gun. Here's how. Worked, here's you know where how long that worked in this country and it worked rather well during a period of unparalleled prosperity violence, by the corporations sir. in this You're nation. talking about violence is working, and I don't agree with being violent towards violence others. Violence is working. When you, have a t- when, when you have corporations pay their fair share of taxes instead of having uh, 150 okay, corporations Okay, you, you're, you're going way too far too no, no, fast that's here. that's not a gun. The corporations yes, sir. It is a gun. offshore into tax-free islands out in, in, into the Atlantic Ocean. When I want to do business with another, comp- uh, another company or another individual in another country... And the government says, okay, you can do business as long as you pay this import tax. They are pointing a weapon at me. They aren't showing it right away, but they're threatening me with violence if I don't follow their orders, sir. And that's a problem. I'm trying not to laugh. You think that's funny? They don't point Guns. Okay, let's they don't literally they, point guns because they don't have to. Which is ridiculous. They don't literally point a gun because they don't have to. You know they'll use it. You know that if you're doing business with another con- another person in another country and you don't pay those import taxes and the government gets wind of it, they're not going to point a gun right away, sir, but they will send you a letter. They will send you a letter demanding that you pay their import tariffs. Rightfully if, so. If, no rightfully so. Exactly. If, if we were being ripped off by, by Canada or Mexico and we? they weren't paying their – if we, United States, we should write a letter, and we would say... I'm talking about me, sir. Right. You just said I'm, that it wasn't cool to um, to get ten of your friends together in order to rob somebody. But it is cool if you use the mantle of government. And that's just getting a bunch of your friends together. Rob somebody? I, I don't... Are we... 
on the same planet okay. here? No, no, apparently you're not. You're on the it's okay to use violence and guns to get what I want whole. Can I speak now? Yes, sir. You went through a whole long line at which I have trouble following, but the the friends that you said that the government wants to make I I don't know what your point was there but the propensity huh? with our government you said in our initial conversation something about the government being friends or making friends no Are you referring to the government yes. making friends with corporations was that your I point? I don't even know what you're referring to at this point well it, play the tape it was earlier and and I would I would point out that yes the government has made friends with corporations and one of the things sure. the corporations desperately wanted was to be able to put their marketplace and construct their product offshore at rates which are ludicrous. Okay, sir. Look, and that, that I am not for corporations. In a free country, there are, the corporations essentially are a construct of the government. If we get the government out of business, then we'll no longer have corporations. We'll just have businesses run by individuals. But that's not the issue. I still want to try to help you find the gun because you seem to have a tough time with it. So let's continue this, uh, and I'm going to make it very crystal clear. And if you don't get it, well, you don't get it. But if I'm doing business, we're not talking about a corporation. We're talking about me, Ian, the host of Free Talk Live. Okay, let's just not even think about corporations here. I'm doing business... Jay, with somebody in another country. The government demands that I pay, uh, the government, which is an organization of individuals, demands that I pay them a tribute in the form of a tax to do business with that person in the other country. Are you with me so far? Their government demands that. The United States government does it too. Are you with me so far? Only if they're doing business with a country indigenous to the United States. The United States doesn't make you pay tariffs. To a foreign country. No, no. They make me pay tariffs to the United States. Yeah. You Import like tariffs. The other okay. way around. So we're on, the, we're on the same page, right? I'm, uh, they I'll want me to the pay page. them money, right? The United States government wants me to pay them money. We agree, yes? The United States wants a company in our country. We're talking about Ian, the host of Free Talk Live. When, when it does business, it is responsible to pay tariffs. It used to be Great. that way. It's not okay. that way any longer. You're telling me people, wait, 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 you're telling me people don't pay tariffs in this country? Not like they did before. You're telling me there are uh, no companies in the United States that pay tariffs to the United States? History goes, you remember the candidacy of, of Ronald Reagan, and he, he ran against the, is it Perot, I think, the guy Okay, look, I don't want to get said, off onto politics, sir. This is not about politics. Well, unfortunately, poli- we can't escape politics. Uh, well, I am going to, to escape it now, or we're just going to end this conversation. I want you to understand where the gun is. Okay, so let's say what you're saying is true, and I don't believe it for a moment, that nobody in the United States pays import taxes anymore. There are regulations on... Sure. Neither do they pay their taxes. You're out of your mind. What, there are... Uh, you're out of your mind. You know how many there, companies that have moved offshore... There are regulations, Jay, that require you to, for instance, put certain things on labels. So if you want to sell a product here in the United States from another country, you have to put a certain thing on a label. Would you agree with that? Yeah, but it's, it's kind of new what we're, we're talking about. Okay, we're no, it absolutely has. Okay, you don't tell me what we're talking about, Jay. Go ahead and just pot him down years. now, if you would, please. He just wants to make points. You don't tell me what we're talking about. I'm telling you where the gun is, and you don't want to see it. So now you're going to understand, because he did agree that you do have to put certain things on labels. For instance, if you're getting wine from another country, you have to put certain things on the label. This is a regulation, and, and it's for well, real. Uh, the, and, even, and the label really doesn't have anything to do with it. He was suggesting that we bring in tariffs, which is the suggestion that we use the gun. Every he's, time he's saying we should bring tariffs back. Correct. Okay. Anyway, either way, it's the government telling me I have to do certain things, whether it be change the label or bring uh, or pay them money in order to bring these products in. And if I don't want to do those things as a so-called free individual, 
because I just want to do business with somebody without having to do whatever it is the government wants me to do, they're going to send me a mean letter that says, Hey, Ian, we found out you weren't paying these tariffs, or we found out you didn't change the label on that bottle of wine. You better pay up or else. Or else what? You're going to send me another letter? Well, they will. They'll send a few more letters, as a mm-hmm. matter of fact. And then they'll send me a letter on red paper to signify how angry they are that I haven't paid their tariffs or I haven't changed my label for them. And eventually, when I continue to refuse to pay those tariffs or change my label, that's they're when going the, guy, to send the guys the, with the guns will bust in. They're going to send their enforcers to my place of business. In this case, it would be my home. And they're going to come in with guns. And they're going to say, you either pay up now or we're going to take you to the clink. And if I don't want to pay, and I don't want to go to the clink because I think I'm a free person, then they're going to whip out their guns and shoot me. Jay, do you see the gun or not? That is the biggest fairy tale I've heard. You are uh, insane, what? Jay. Thanks for the call. <laughs> 800-259-9231. Look, that's how the government does business. You can't have a government unless you're willing to shoot people over what it is that you want done. Precisely That's right. That's what the government does. It shoots people, and it does it very well. If you don't believe it, Jay, why don't you try disobeying them? Try not carrying your driver's license with you. Try driving without a driver's license. Does it mean you can't drive very well? No, it doesn't mean that. That little piece of plastic doesn't mean I'm a good driver. Hour number three is on the way. Do you see the gun? It's Free Talk Live. One of the bonuses you'll get as a Free Talk Live amplifier is access to our classic archives. For just $3 a month, you can become an amplifier, and you'll help us get on more radio stations and MP3 players. Get the details at amp.freetalklive.com. That's amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. We're kicking off Hour 3, Saturday edition, in the studio live with you. See in here. And Mark. And you can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. All the features on the site totally free. Do enjoy those for free. FreeTalkLive.com. Oh, wow. Uh, in case you weren't listening last hour, towards the end of last hour, we had a guy call in from our Grand Rapids affiliate, WTKG, who just did not get it. Like, he believed that the fact that government uses guns to get its way to enforce its rules is a fantasy. Fairy tale. He, he believed it was a fairy tale. And I want to get back into that here in a moment, but Caleb in New Hampshire has been waiting patiently. Caleb, you're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark on the Amplifier line. Hello. Hey, how you doing, guys? Good. What's on your mind? Well, you were just talking about the government using uh, guns. And I want to talk about a friend of mine who they used their gun on and who is now sitting in a prison for the crime of sitting on her porch. Okay. I think I know who you're referring to. Yeah, Lauren Canario. Um, she was arrested in New London with the Kilo case. For those, I'll just give a brief background. But um, she was trying to defend people's right to keep their property from go- safe from government theft. Right. The Kilo case was where New London, Connecticut, was threatening homeowners in their city uh, with an eminent domain to take their buildings and hand them over to uh, essentially a private company. And uh, so she actually moved into New London for the purposes of standing up for those pri- uh, property owners' liberty. Exactly. And... Um, she was arrested. Um, she was sitting on a porch trying to um, ensure that uh, one of the guys who was moving out had plenty of time to move his stuff out, that his home wasn't boarded up. And they came and uh, they didn't want her there, so they arrested her. And the bad part about it is she's been in jail. It's going. It's getting close to around 100 days now that she's been in prison. They set her, her, her bail at $20,000, and she hasn't paid that, mm-hmm. of course. 
and um, they haven't set a trial date of any sort. So this woman who's who's trying to defend people um, peacefully from having their land stolen is now suffered almost 100 days in jail. And what I wanted to do is appeal to your reader, to your listeners, uh, to help us make this a national case, a national media case where, you know, call your local radio station, call your local um, television station, ask them to do a story on it, write a letter to your editor, uh, write an article for Dig, do something to help make it known in your community and around the nation, because this woman's been in jail 100 days and it could be up to a year before yeah. they even give her the, the decency of a trial. It's really just an outrageous case. In fact, uh, we talked earlier, I guess last hour, about how Mark and I were at the U.N. flag burning today here in New Hampshire. And I know that you wanted to make it out, but I think you had to work. Um, and one of the other things that we actually didn't mention, Mark, and I'm glad you called in on this, Caleb, is that because uh, the state of Connecticut is holding Lauren Canario prisoner for no reason whatsoever, we also burned... The Connecticut state flag. Now, I wasn't there for that, uh, the Connecticut uh, state flag burning, but yeah, yeah, I'm not real happy about with Connecticut. Certainly not New London, Connecticut. There was a dog there. We tried to get the dog to urinate on it, but it didn't quite work <laughs> out that way. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so we burned the uh, the Connecticut state flag in uh, in protest of uh, the terrible uh, terroristic things that they're doing uh, down there in New London. Yeah, and I think that was basically uh, trying to draw some media coverage. Uh, to it, we figured a flag burn would be shocking. We're going to have some photos up on NHFree. Um, I got there late after dark, so I don't know if my picture will show up. That's NHFree.com. NHFree.com. Yeah. And, and hopefully, um, it'd be good if, if more people could become aware of this around the country. Absolutely. And put a little pressure on them to do the right thing and, and let her out. I agree totally, and there's uh, there's instructions at NHFree.com, and actually there's a new website that's up. I think it's FreeLaurenCanario.com. There's instructions and suggestions as to how you can help reach out to other members of the media, but also, and, and I think also very importantly, uh, instructions on how you can personally write Lauren uh, while she's in prison, give her something to read, and she's really been appreciative uh, of the uh, the letters that our listeners and other people around the country have sent her. So I think that's another important thing to focus on. Caleb, thank you for the call, man. We really appreciate hearing from you. Have a great night. 800-259-9231 to Bill in Indianapolis, listening on WXNT. Bill, you're on Free Talk Live. Oh, hey, thank you very much for taking my call. Thanks. Um, I really enjoyed your um, talk with Jay, and I don't know how you had the patience with him, but um, the man sounded very intelligent and very articulate, probably much more so even than I am, but um, I just have to say you guys maybe could have used an example that he would have maybe understood. Okay. Try boarding an airplane without taking off your shoes. Just refuse it and see if you can get through the gate and see if the guns don't come out. You know, it's 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 absolutely true, but uh, of course, it's not like you have the right to go on that airplane. You should have the right that the uh, airline, who has gotten in bed with the federal government, um, the, the airline and you have the right to contract, but it's not like really your airplane. But I... I guess it's not a flawless example, but uh, it certainly would ex- it would help to show him where the gun was. He was in, in just pure denial. He did not want to see the gun. He thought the premise on its face was absurd, and he didn't even he didn't even want to hear what All I had to say. All he wanted to hear was labor unions are great, and labor unions made this country strong, and we can bring it back if we just give the labor unions more control. That's well, all he wanted to hear. Taxes? Would that maybe that would be a better example? How about just refuse to 
file your income tax. Yeah. That might have been a better example, but I also heard him mention the companies paying their fair share. Fair share. So he already is in this paradigm that taxes are okay, taxes aren't forced. What? There's guns behind taxes? Bah, that's absurd. I'm closing my mind. I won't listen to a word you have to say. And really, it was more of an example for everyone else listening than it was for Jay. I knew by the time we'd put him on hold through that first break... I knew there was no chance we were going to get through to him, yeah, but uh, hopefully a few other people out there listening got it. Hey, thank you very much for giving me my chance here. Bill, sure, thank, thank you for you. the call. We okay. appreciate it. Bye-bye. 800-259-9231. Let's talk to Gene, the Christian anarchist in Tennessee. You're on Free Talk Live with Ian and Mark. Hi, guys. I'm going to change gears here. Sure. Talk about my favorite car, the Dodge Challenger. <laughs> okay, why? Oh, just because I was thinking about the, the Dodge Challenger and the history of it. And I'm going to make a prediction that the new Dodge Challenger is going to go the same way as the old one. And the Dodge Challenger, uh, like I say, it's my favorite car. It's the only car I ever purchased brand new. In late 1969, I bought one of the very first 1970 Dodge Challengers. And uh, it's the only new car I've ever bought. I was only 17 years old at the time, working a full-time job. Didn't have anything to do with my money because I was living at home. And so I bought one. I've owned four Challengers in my life. One of them was a convertible. Oh, you really do love that car. I love that car. It's a beautiful car. Uh, now, Gene, why life. does anyone else care about your favorite car? Nobody cares. But, you know, this is just a, uh, it's a... It's small talk about automobiles. Did you, you, did like, you like it when they painted it orange and put a um, Confederate flag on the top of it? No, no. That's a Dodge Charger. That's Charger? Challenger? Charger. Isn't that what we're talking about? Oh, no, Challenger, the Dodge Challenger. I see. It's the equivalent of a Plymouth Barracuda. I see. see it's, it was the Dodge Shows version what I know. of the Plymouth Barracuda. You learn something new every night here, Gene. Now, you say, the, or, uh, Mark, now, Gene, you say they're, they're making another version of this car? Yes, a new version's coming out in 2008, and uh, the, the, the thing that killed the old version was the fact that uh, the energy crisis had hit at that time, and, the, uh, and therefore... Uh, because of the high price of gas and the fact you couldn't get gas and everything, the and it, the, the muscle car entered the muscle muscle car era ended. And what so I'm it was a muscle car. That's what I was going to ask next. It was a muscle car. It was a muscle car. I've seen I'm that they're they're actually trying to bring them back now. Not only just the Dodge, but also other sort of muscle cars are on the way back, aren't they? Yes, they've been out for a while now. But Dodge Challenger is coming back in 2008. I'm predicting. The exact same demise to the Dodge Challenger. So if you can afford to buy a brand-new Dodge Challenger, buy one, because in 30 years from now it's going to be a collector's item. Because I predict that within two years or maybe four, it'll be out of production again because of the high price of gas. There and the you fact go. That the, the economy you heard it here uh, first. So are they going to put the Viper engine in this Challenger to make it, uh, you know, I mean, the Barracuda oh. was one fast car. No, it'll have a Hemi. It's coming out with a Hemi. I see. Hemi V8. Not the Viper V10, but the Hemi V10. I don't know much about cars, but I know that Hemi's supposed to be a good thing, right? Oh, it'll be a nice car. It, uh, I don't. I haven't heard that they're going to put out a convertible version of it, but that's the one to buy if you were to buy one. Buy yeah, it. Mark loves his convertibles. Convertibles are always more clean. He's all over that. Thanks for the call, Gene. Oh. We appreciate it. 800-259-9231. Hey, coming up, since we talked about the gun last hour, a friend of ours, Stefan Molnieu, does a, just a fantastic job of pointing out the existence of the gun and uh, more about the gun that the government uses on you every day. You just don't necessarily see it all the time. And your thoughts as well about whatever's on your mind, you take control of the airwaves. It's Free Talk Live, 800-259-9231. 
This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves. Toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That's the Packet 8 toll-free line. For all your voiceover IP needs, Packet8.net. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Hey, we've got live streams. There's a broadband version of the show and a dial-up version, both of them completely free at freetalklive.com. And Free Talk Live is brought to you by the Free State Project's New Hampshire Liberty Forum, attaining economic and personal freedoms in America's freest state. This three-day event, February 23rd through the 25th, will be held convention-style in historic Concord, with some of the program taking place in the State House. Register now at freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. And again, that's freestateproject.org slash libertyforum. Last hour, we tried to show the gun to a guy that was on the phone with, who just, uh, with us, who just did not want to see it. And he was just so heavily in denial that any point that we made... He just completely it just bounced right off of him, and he went off in a, in a totally different direction. And we finally, when we finally finished explaining where the gun was, he called it a fairy tale. But just because you believe the gun is a fairy tale does not mean the gun doesn't exist. So let's continue to explore this idea. I think Stefan Molnir does probably the best job, uh, the most uh, explicit job of pointing out the existence of the gun that I've ever seen. So I'm going to share this with you. It's from LewRockwell.com. It's called The Gun in the Room Part 2. In fact, we hit Part 1 last earlier this week. Well, when he wrote Part 1, he got a lot of response from people, and it fell into two rough categories. Great article and you're insane. Now, as you might imagine, our caller from last hour would agree with the you're insane part. Uh, Stefan says, naturally, I don't wish to take issue with the first assessment, so let's have a look at the general objections contained within the second. That is, you're insane. Overall, my sanity was questioned because many people thought that I believe the moment a man breaks the law, the government shoots him. In my world, apparently, the moment your speedometer creeps over the speed limit, state snipers blow your head off. This, of course, would result in a largely unpopulated planet, and therefore I would like to clarify my position on the correlation between breaking the law and being aggressed against by the state. If you fail to file a tax return, you are not immediately dragged before a kangaroo court and shot after a speedy and Stalinesque trial. That takes time. Rather, you will get a letter, often a rather polite one, asking if there might be some kind of problem. If you don't respond to this letter, very little will happen. For a while, anyway. If you fail to file a tax return again, you might get another letter. Or you may not. Tax authorities will sometimes leave you alone for several years to bolster their eventual prosecution by showing a pattern of intentional tax evasion. Now, this could be property taxes. This could be um, income taxes. This could be all, any kind of tax. Sure. This could be, if you run a business, you might not collect uh, sales tax for, um, you know, eventually your, they'll your get into As a matter of fact, that happened to me once. They just thought I was in business and then slapped me with a big old bill. Thank God I wasn't. However, the day will come when you receive a letter that's not quite as polite. In this letter, you'll be told to file your tax returns or face the consequences, consequences, which will decidedly not involve just another letter. If you still do not file your tax returns, you know, thinking that you're a free man, a free individual, you don't owe anything to anybody? Right. I mean, um, look, look, if you are able to force me to fill out a piece of paper, force... Mm-hmm. Not that you encourage me or whatever, but if you're able to force me to fill out a piece of paper, then somehow I'm your slave. I mean, because if you can tell me what to do, I'm your slave. If I can't just get up and walk away from the um, interaction, then you own me. Yeah, apparently you must own me. 
If you still don't file your tax returns, you'll get another letter detailing the actions that will be taken against you if you don't file your tax returns immediately. If you continue in your course, you will receive another letter, decidedly unpolite at this point, with a court date and a list of penalties that will be assessed against you when you're found guilty of tax evasion. And you probably will be. Initially, these penalties will be largely financial, back taxes, fines, etc. If you show up at the court, you will be found guilty and large fines will be imposed upon you. If you don't pay the fines or don't show up in court to begin with, sooner or later the police will come to arrest you. When the police come to arrest you, you'll be severely discouraged from acting in self-defense, despite the fact that their actions are identical to a home invasion. Right. I mean, you know, if a guy comes, if, if a group of guys comes up to you brandishing weapons, demanding money from you, what are they? Well, they might just be people with badges, in which case they're the biggest gang in the nation. When the policemen break your door down, if you pull out a gun to protect yourself, you'll very likely get shot. Even if you don't get shot, your prison stay will be greatly extended because you've now threatened the police in addition to not paying your taxes. If you attempt to escape from the custody of the police or later the prison guards, you'll also very likely get shot and will receive certainly very harsh punishment. If after you are released from prison, you still refrain, uh, refrain from paying your taxes, you'll very likely spend the rest of your life in prison. And we need not go into the horrible details of what happens in prison. The fact that months or years can pass between breaking the law and being violently punished, combined with the reality that most people do obey the state and thus don't incur such punishments, often confuses people, like our caller earlier, as to the true nature of the society they live in. Let's take a parallel example. Let's look at the institution of slavery. Most slaves did not try to run away, and neither did they aggress against their masters. If they worked hard and obeyed his rules, they were even unlikely to be beaten or deprived of food. Though rape was another matter. In other words, a slave could live most of his life without being directly aggressed against. Does that mean that slavery was not enforced through violence? Of course not. Compliance to violence only obscures it. It doesn't eliminate it. Let's take another example. Most people will give up their wallets at gunpoint rather than risk being shot. After all, you don't want to get shot over $100 that's in your wallet, right? In most robberies, then, no actual violence occurs, only the threat of violence. Do we then believe that no violence occurs unless someone actually gets shot? If a man approaches you and hints that if you don't pay him protection money, your house just might get burned down at some point in the future, is that immoral intimidation? Mentioning public schools also confuses some people. They understood my point about the Iraq war, that you cannot be said to have any right to oppose it if you're forced to fund it. But they couldn't make that leap to public schools. If you don't pay, let me clarify, if you don't pay the taxes that pay for public schools, the sequence of events that starts with a letter and ends with you getting shot or thrown in the rape room of a government prison also occurs. Not one single aspect of state finance or activity occurs outside of the realm of violence. Because the state is violence. The government is force. Even the Federal Reserve is based on violence. Because if you attempt to duplicate its capacity to counterfeit or set up your own currency, well, you know what happens. You'll get a letter and so on. I certainly understand the simple reality that the simple reality of state violence makes people very uncomfortable. And they're quite right to feel uncomfortable. Once you really get this idea under your skin, your life will change irrevocably. You'll no longer be tempted to base your arguments on tedious and complicated abstractions. When talking to people about freedom, you'll cut to the core of the issues very quickly. 
and this will have enormous effects on every single relationship in your life. You'll very quickly discover the true moral natures of those around you, and this can be quite shocking. So I certainly understand why people are hesitant to accept this idea, and why they prefer to label people like us as extremists, rather than to begin exploring the reality of the government's violence in their own hearts and with the people around them. Of course, there's also an empirical method by which the existence of the gun in the room can be tested. It's really quite simple, although I certainly don't recommend it, and that is, stop obeying the law and see what happens. 800-259-9231. The fact that you're afraid to stop obeying the law should show you that there's a gun out there somewhere. You take control of the airwaves. We got uh, Tim on the line. Hopefully he'll wait patiently about whatever's uh, on your mind. This is your show. It is Free Talk Live. With your help, we can spread the message of liberty around the world. Consider becoming a Free Talk Live amplifier for just $3 a month now at amp.freetalklive.com. If you can't afford it, keep enjoying us for free. If you can spare the three, visit amp.freetalklive.com. This is Free Talk Live. It's your show. You take control of the airwaves toll-free, 800-259-9231. That's 1-800-259-9231. It's Ian here with you. And Mark. That is, by the way, the Packet 8 toll-free line. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com and enjoy all the features there because they're completely free. And if you like Free Talk Live, you want to keep up to date with what's happening with the show, head over and get signed up for our updates at updates.freetalklive.com. They're free, of course. That is updates.freetalklive.com. Is there a little person that's important to you this Christmas? Give them financial literacy this holiday. A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich by Jewel Thornton shows kids how to grow up financially free, save early and often, and how to develop passive income streams, the key to financial freedom. It's a great stocking stuffer and will be shipped to you by Christmas. Check out A Kid's Journey to Getting Rich at akidsjourney.com. That's akidsjourney.com. And we go to the phones to Tim in Indianapolis listening on WXNT. Hello, Tim. You're on Free Talk Live. Hi guys, how you doing? Great. What's on your mind? Well, you know, I was talking about uh, you guys were talking about um, tariffs and things like that. Tariffs, and I, yes. And, and I can see where your your idea about the gun is, but I can also understand. It's not an idea, Tim. It's real. Well, okay. Okay. But you tell me what happens when a country, another country, points that gun at us. Ah, that's where that Second Amendment comes into play, my friend. The right to bear arms shall not be infringed, and uh, if Americans are bearing arms, then I don't think we have anything to fear about um, from other countries pointing guns at us. I think, uh, let me address that too, if I may. Um, the, um, the, uh, the whole idea is currently you're working under our, our current paradigm, which is we are the world's policemen. Dun, dun, dun. We will bring justice to everybody on the planet. Well, of course people are mad at us. We have troops everywhere. Nobody's going to want to attack us if we have a little, tiny federal government that only handles, you know, defense. Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. You're, you're going off track a little bit here. I'm off track? No, no. I, 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 was, I was speaking more on uh, products and goods. Okay. What Kinda do you mean? Like the, the guy that worked there at the automobile place. Okay. I worked in electronics. Back in the 80s, um, Japan started dumping semiconductors on the United States like mad. Okay. And the reason they did that was to put companies that build electronics here in the United States out of business. Now, who protects us when that happens? Well, um, who protects a gas station? I mean, do you really do you think that communism works? I mean, like really, it works. Who's going to protect a gas station if one gas station on the corner is starting to give away gas? 
well, it's going to be expensive for them, and at some point they're going to give out. You know, maybe the maybe the factory goes on. Uh, why couldn't for you? A year. Com- why couldn't you compete with Japan? Oh, we could compete with Japan. Matter of fact, they put a lot of companies out of business. Why? I mean, what were the reasons? Why were they so much better at uh, at creating semiconductors than United States companies? Well, first, they don't have the EPA. They have no rules. Regulation. About that. Regulation. You're backing up exactly what we said last hour, and that is there's so many flipping rules that the government imposes on businessmen who just want to provide a service or a product to people that it's, it, it gets to the point where it's not worth doing business anymore. So, again... But, but, but the question is, is, don't you care about ecology? You know, the, the land, the water? Yes, absolutely, which is why I... Uh, in fact, I care so much about the environment that I understand that the government is the number one polluter, bigger than all of the, the top four private polluters combined. And if we really care about the environment, we should get the government completely out of it. And on top of that, if you have private property, sir, uh, and in fact, if you look at uh, p- a polluted property, you'll find that typically it happens on leased land. When a private company comes in and leases land from the government... They go in, clear-cut it or pollute it or do whatever it is they're going to do to destroy it because they don't own it. It's essentially like renters versus owners. Um, for instance, are you a property owner or a renter? I'm an owner. Okay, you're an owner, so you understand that keeping your property in as pristine shape as possible is going to pay off in the long run because you're going to be able to, for instance, sell it if you want to move somewhere and, and make a profit. Whereas if you were to start dumping toxic sludge in your backyard, you might have a tough time selling the house, wouldn't you? Well, that's correct. Exactly. So private property is the solution to, uh, essentially, to pollution. Now, now let's say that for whatever reason that you had a bunch of toxic sludge and really had to get rid of it, and you decided, I own an extra lot that I don't live on, I'm going to dump that toxic sludge there. I'm going to dig a hole and I'm going to dump it there. But see, you guys are off the, you're off, you're, wait, you're you're moving out of the, the, the frame. If, if our country says, puts a gun to our manufacturers and says, mm-hmm. you have to keep your your sludge under control. But in Japan and Taiwan and stuff like that, those countries say, eh, go ahead and dump it in the backyard. Who cares? Because we want to sell this product cheaper. Right. I think States. that we've made a really good point as to why the government shouldn't be giving those kind of particular regulations. Right. If you own your property, my friend, then uh, you won't pollute it. Does that make sense? Well, a lot of companies owned their own properties back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. I mean, you take Western Electric. I mean, they they had plenty of property that they polluted. I mean, tons of P- PCP that they dumped, and the government got after them. Where, where did they dump it exactly? Well, you know, I'll tell you what happened. What they did is they dumped it down <clears throat> in the southern part of the... Indiana, the EPA got mad at them. So Western Electric went, dug it up, shoved it all in uh, 55 barrel cans, put them in trailers, and then closed them and parked them in a great big lot that they own. And that's where they're sitting now. Well, so where did they dump it originally? On their own property? Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, you know, as tragic as that might be, sir, it is their uh, it is their private property, and it doesn't negate the fact that the government is the biggest polluter. Do you disagree with that? Well, I won't disagree with that. But if you live next to the PCP place where they were dumping it, mm-hmm. and it's going to come into your land, you're going to be upset about that. Well, absolutely, and I think that you could probably file a lawsuit in a court in a court of law and oh, be able we're to... going to use the gun. 
We're Absolutely. Going to get the gun on it, it, the gun, um, it, you're talking about dispute resolution here. That's yeah. not the same thing. a government. That's not a federal out. regulation. No, sir. We're talking about where, for instance, you've got property you cause damage, harm to me. When you dump your crap and it just you know and, and it makes me grow a third head, or well, poisons okay, okay. your property. Okay, now now, now that's a property listen, dispute. Listen to me for a second now. I'm so listening. we put in place laws on our our corporation saying you have to treat your stuff before you can dump it into the water. Mm-hmm. Now this adds cost to the product. Now in other countries they go, eh, who cares? So All they right. could they could sell this stuff. So much cheaper. I see where you're coming from, sir, but you've already admitted that uh, the regulations are increasing the cost, and also, if you're dumping the product in water that is owned by someone else, there's a lawsuit there. If you pollute no, no, my he's property... About other countries are willing to pollute themselves in order to put um, you know, cheaper products here in America so know, they can make money. I know what he's saying, and I'm saying that if you pollute my property, for instance, if I own a river... Or if I own a chunk of the river and I find out that you're dumping crap in my river, I've got a lawsuit because you destroyed my property. You polluted my property. And if we were okay. to just um, take these to court, uh, okay. this pollution issue, then it, the problem would be solved. No, but now now the corporation has no choice. What, what are they going to do? They have to apply or they get the gun or they dump the stuff and you take a gun out and you, you make them apply. Yeah, but here's what... If, that is, the, get, that is the choice. And if they still can't produce the product, then they deserve to go out of business. That's the marketplace. What you're saying is that somehow American, crazy, businesses, American businesses cannot compete with somebody who might cheat a little. And I'm sorry, I believe we can. I don't know whether we can cheat, uh, can compete every second of every day, but I know in the long run, if you're polluting your rivers and streams and people um, in your country in order to sell crap a little bit cheaper in my country... I'm going to win in the long run because there's going to be a bunch of dead people over in China or wherever. Thanks for the call, man. We really appreciate hearing from you. 800-259-9231. You know, the guy that called in last hour that made the claim that tariffs were gone, (laughs) I couldn't believe it. I mean, when he made that claim, saying that, oh, there's no more import taxes in the United States. That claim, outrageous. I said, okay, fine, let's let's just believe you for the sake of believing you, but I didn't believe him. (laughs) Right, and we said it was outrageous. So I went to Google and typed in U.S. import taxes. First link that came up was the United States. States International Trade Commission, and there's 1, 2, 3, section 10, 11, 22, 22 sections with 99 chapters with every possible product you could possibly imagine and all kinds of import taxes that, yeah, they still exist. More's on the way. You take control of the airwaves even in these remaining moments at 800-259-9231. This is Free Talk Live. This is Free Talk Live. It is your show, Saturday edition. Ian here with you. And Mark. The toll-free number, 800-259-9231. That is the Packet 8 toll-free line, 1-800-259-9231. You can join us on our website at freetalklive.com. Enjoy all the features there. They're completely free. Those other radio talk show hosts, they want to charge you for accessing their site. We give it all away that we do ask that you voluntarily choose to support us by sending us as little as $3 a month via the AMP program. It stands for Advertise, Market, and Promote, amp.freetalklive.com, to learn more about it. It's very simple. You send in the $3 a month, as over 300 of our listeners are doing, and we turn that money around into promoting the show, getting it on more radio stations, getting more Internet listeners listening as well. And it's working, amp.freetalklive.com. If you're listening to us on a radio station, odds are good that's because some people are amping. That's amp.freetalklive.com. You know, Mark, uh, we 
It seems that our position is confusing to people here, and I can understand. I mean, what we're talking about seems really radical. We had Tim on the line a moment ago, and he's concerned uh, for American businesses. And I understand how, where he's coming from. His suggestion was that, well, Japan allows their businesses to pollute, which I don't know if that's really true or not. He's just making the allegation. Oh, they let it allow their businesses to pollute so they can lower their costs and uh, put all the American semiconductor manufacturers out of business. And... If we were to turn things over to private property, it would lessen pollution in the fact in that the government, for instance, wouldn't be the number one polluter anymore. Maybe we would still have some pollution by private companies, but if they kept it to their own private land, the only thing that would really be affected in the long run would be their own profits because they wouldn't be able to sell off that private land at any sort of profit um, if it was a polluted piece of property. Now, if that pollution trickles over, as he suggested, to the next-door neighbor, for instance, if you are uh, living next door to the polluted mm-hmm. property and it trickles into your property and you start noticing that your garden is dying or whatever and you test the ground and you discover that there's some certain chemical, some manufacturing chemical that has seeped into your ground, it shouldn't be very difficult to figure out where that manufacturing chemical came from, and if you can make a uh, if you can make a case in court about it, then if you're making a case in court, it, it should be pretty obvious that they are they polluted your property and you deserve damages. In which case, yeah, that's going to hurt that company's bottom line because then they've got to pay damages to you, which means they have to increase the cost of their products in order to make those damages back. And especially if they keep polluting other people's properties, the news is going to get out that so, so-and-so company is just slipshod and just just dumping stuff wherever and polluting people's property. That's going to hurt their bottom line, too, because people are going to stop buying their products because they don't want to support a polluter. And that person, that business, is going to go out of business. And I'm not going to shed any tears for them. I don't have a loyalty to a business because they're here in America. There's good businesses in America. And there's not so good businesses in America. And not all people who start a business deserve to be able to continue that business. In fact, if people in another country can do that business better than Americans can, I don't feel bad when the, Americans, uh, when the American business goes under. I'm a consumer. And I want to get my products and services at the lowest possible price. Well, not just lowest price, best quality. There's a lot of factors that go into uh, True. you know a- acquiring a product. And I want to be satisfied. Yeah. And if a if a if a product from next door satisfies me, I'll buy that. If a product from halfway across the world satisfies me, I'm going to buy that. I'll tell you, a product from next door has a significant advantage in delivering you Convenience. a product. Yeah. I mean, um. It, you know, it doesn't cost them anything to ship. The product from Japan costs a great deal to put on a big boat to bring over here. So these uh, American companies that can't compete, I don't, I, you know, it, it's probably the regulations, but I don't think they should be regulated in the same way. Precisely. And Japan isn't the problem um, any more than it was in the 80s. It's the problem now is China. The market will effectively regulate these companies. So if you're worried about pollution, look to the government because they're the real pollution cause. It's not the private companies. And the marketplace will regulate it because people want clean water to drink. And people want clean air to breathe. Mm-hmm. And if companies are p- belching out smoke and polluting people's properties, that's going to come out and people are going to stop buying their products. So please, can we just leave it to the market to decide instead of creating these arbitrary rules and then complaining? You complain about the rules that the government puts on you. But then your solution isn't to get rid of the rules. Your solution is to tax products coming in from other countries, which, as we explained earlier in the show, only affects my freedom. 
because I want to be free to deal with whoever I want to deal with. What's that, so wrong with that? Not to mention it, it whets the appetite of these uh, violent bureaucrats out there in the government to want more money. Just do more programs sure. to cause more trouble. Oh, yeah. Anybody to who's, get involved in more crap. Anybody who's paid even the smallest amount of attention to government should understand that that's how it works. That government doesn't just create a rule and then sit on it. It creates a rule and then another rule and another rule and another rule and five taxes to go along with each one of those rules. And, uh, and then it increases those taxes because it can never have enough. Because government uh, continues to grow. It has a perverse incentive to grow. Look at any government bureaucracy. When it's created, it doesn't go away. There are some bureaucracies that were created during war times that just, uh, they didn't go away after the war was over. They just kept collecting paychecks because, well, maybe we'll need them again someday, or whatever the excuse is. And so government continues to grow, unlike a business where businesses would like to grow, but they actually have to satisfy people. See, you don't get to be a successful business by screwing people over, unless, of course, you've got friends in politics. So if you're a business owner and you want to be successful, you have to give me what I want at the price I want to pay for it. And if you don't give me and everybody else what they want, you won't be successful. But government doesn't operate under that paradigm. Government can take your money. Mm -hmm. Government comes to you and says, hand it over, buddy, or we're throwing you in that cell over there. And so then you hand it over because, you know, you'd rather be outside of the cell. So you hand it over, and so does everybody else, and government goes home, and they pocket their cash, and they count it. <laughs> and then they come back next year, and they ask for more. Well, again, they're not asking, are they? No. They're demanding. And how, why is it that they're demanding more? Well, they've created new jobs, new bureaucrat jobs for people to sit around and eat donuts at all day. And that money's got to come from somewhere to pay those bureaucrats. It's going to come from you, whether you like it or not. See, with businesses, I get to choose who I want to do business with. If there's a company that's polluting, and I know they're polluting, for instance, maybe I read an article in the paper about it, Freedom of the Press, I can choose not to deal with that business. I can take my business to somebody else. I don't have that choice with government. Why should it be that way? Why is it that people continue to allow this violent organization known as government to exist? Do they really believe that they're getting a net benefit from this agency? Oh, I think the government has its place. But I don't think that it's nearly as large as it is. I mean, it's just tremendous, all-encompassing. And now people would have it, uh, you know, reach into health care. It's, it's already, government is already responsible for more than half of it's the dollars everything. spent in health care. But they want to make it universal mm -hmm. health care. Please, I'm begging you, I don't want universal health care. I'd like it to be able to go to a want. doctor and pay money and get a service. And if I want to go to a better doctor and pay premium and get a better service, I'd like to do that. As long as a couple hundred fools in Washington, D.C. want something different, it doesn't matter what you want, Mark. Right. And, you know, the, what if I want to smoke a cigarette at a business where somebody wants to let me smoke a cigarette? God knows the smoking Nazis won't let you do that. Mm -hmm. Ugh, man, I mean, people just love to use the government for everything. And it's been around. This government here has been around for more than 200 years. It's had an opportunity to get bigger and bigger. And it's just going to continue to get bigger and bigger if you don't stop it. Stop using the gun. Well, it's an addiction. I mean, it's tempting. It's tempting because other people have used the gun of government against you. So because the anti-smoking Nazis have 
shoved their way upon your business. For instance, if you're a bar owner or something like that, or if you're a smoker, they've uh, enforced their way upon you saying where you can and where you can't smoke. Because these uh, other groups have picked up that gun and used it on you, people who've been victimized by the government, they don't see the solution as getting rid of the, the guns of government or reducing, drastically reducing or eliminating the size of government. They see the answer as, well, hey, if I get my people elected, we'll pick up those guns and point them at those other guys. Yep, that's how it goes. And then you've got this violent circle, a circle of violence that just continues where different interest groups continue to pick up the guns of government and use it on other innocent people. But the thing is, the bureaucracies stay. So whatever the Democrats managed to do in the 60s with, uh, you know, Johnson's Great Society and, and uh, you know, ending poverty and all that other stuff... Well, it's still here, and it's still with us. Government doesn't go away. And what Reagan did, we've mm-hmm. still got a nuclear missiles sitting out in silos somewhere in Arizona being maintained that don't, won't even fly. It's just amazing. It, it won't go away until you stand up and, uh, and put down the guns of government. You can still have your own guns. We're, we, we're in total support of that. I don't want it to sound like we're anti-gun. I just want smaller government. Drastically smaller. Please, get it out of my life. I don't get a net benefit from it. It just takes and takes from me. And it will never stop until you've had enough. Until everybody's had enough. Until enough of us have had enough to actually do something about it. Like join the Free State Project. It's been Ian here with you. And Mark. And we will return Monday night. You can join us online in the meantime at freetalklive.com. Between now and then, you have a great weekend. DVD, books, music, instruments, periodicals, computers, software, electronics, photo, cell phone, office product, home and garden, bed and bath, furniture, kitchen, pet supplies, automotive, hardware, apparel, shoes, jewelry, grocery, healthcare, sports and outdoors, toys, games, used and more. It's a department store at your fingertips. Amazon.freetalklive.com. Get all your shopping done, a great deal, delivery to your door, and a percentage of your purchase will go to Free Talk Live when you enter Amazon through Amazon.freetalklive.com. 